RDTDaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. What's going on? Hello, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for joining us, me, you, and the rest of the crew on this Friday night Tara Buster. We meet here usually on Saturday evenings from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app, SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher. Please give the show a good review on iTunes and become a patron. And yeah, that's how we're going to grow. We didn't get any new patrons last night. That's okay. I said I was going to do a show. It's not okay. It's really not okay, but it's it's okay. I am a woman of my word. I try to be. I said, I'll see you tomorrow night. So I'm here anyway. Because I kind of try to do a show every time we get a new patron. We got three new patrons the night before. So that helps. So I want to thank, again, thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Mark and Kathleen. Thank you, Mark, Uncle Smokey. Thank you, Darius Harris. Thank you, Roger. Thank you, John and John. And who else? Thank you, Eric. Thank you, Verdant Square Network, Brendan. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, John. Okay. We got some nice people here, and we just need about a thousand more of you. Here comes Tara Jr. Jr. Hi. Hi, honey. You've been working too hard. How you been? Yeah. Well, I thought we could do... What could we do today? Oops, I didn't mean to do that. What am I doing with this camera here? Let me see. Sit down. Sit. Are you going to sit? Let's do that so everybody can see you. Look at the camera. Hello. <laughs> this is my little Tara Jr. Jr. All right. So a lot of stuff is going on as usual. The fact is I'm I'm annoyed at, at the world. I have a very bad headache. I was telling Shannon before. Shannon, who is in the chat right now. Thank you for a super chat, Shannon. Jesus. These are people going above and beyond the call of duty. Thank you, Jim. And thank you, Deborah. It's not even 8.05. It just turned 8.05. We got three super chats already. That's amazing. Thank you. This is how we're going to grow. Oh, mamma mia. Haiku. Boom. Another super chat. Thank you. This is how we're going to grow. I appreciate it. More than appreciate it, I need it. So, thanks. It's appreciative and also welcome and needed. We need about a thousand more patrons, and then we will be able to do the show at a set time every single day. We might even be able to hire people, a producer. Wouldn't that be nice? Some Or a co-producer. Somebody to... Say, hey, get that clip, or eh, I don't know, get people on the phone, get some guests, some higher caliber, not that we don't have high caliber guests, but other guests, different guests. 
more, I don't know. It's it's that catch-22 because we need to grow the show in order to attract guests. And if we don't have guests, we don't grow the show. You know what I mean? So annoying. But we do have some good guests. In fact, hopefully it'll come to fruition. Greg Palast is supposed to be on the show. It hasn't been nailed down yet, but he's supposed to be a guest. Coming up soon, hopefully. All right, well, what else do I have to say? Nothing. My head hurts. You guys know it. Thank you. I op- I'm going to open the phones. That's the other thing. So, oh, yeah. Um, we were going to have a guest tonight, Jeff Waldorf from the TYT Network. He hurt his back. Apparently, he says he's hopped up on painkillers and laying down with a nice pack. So hopefully we'll get him up on this. Hopefully he doesn't fall into the depths of of active addiction. Because that would suck. I couldn't take painkillers. I don't know what he's taking, frankly. He said he was taking painkillers. It could be aspirin, for all I know. I can't take any opioids myself because I I'm allergic so to speak I break out in handcuffs but I'm bump so let's see we'll get him on the show this week I don't know what day probably during the week but I will open the phones tonight that's what I thought I would do to have kind of a therapy rap session first we'll talk about some things that are going on and then I'll get the phones on, and let's see. Yeah, that's it. It's going to be a good show. It already is. <laughs> what do you th- I mean, we got a cat here. What? Hello? What other liberal talk show has cats roaming around in the background? Well, I guess Ron Placone, he has a cat. But does Lucy, does he join Does Lucy or she join Ron on the air? I don't think so. Not like Tara Jr. Jr. or Francis Jr. Jr. Where is Francis, by the way? Francis! You're needed. Francis. Francis. See if he comes. He's been really bratty, to tell you the truth, but ever since he got the cone off for good, he's, he's a free man. And he's also on medication, so he seems to be, he does seem a little more chilled. He's on Prozac, and but he also seems a little bit more, he seems less needy. That's what I think. Less, he's less, he's on his own. He's like, he reminds me of a teenager who wants to borrow the keys to the car. That's how it feels sometimes with him. So, all right, let's see. Uh, I don't know. This country is, this is why I have a headache. I'm sorry. Join the club, right? I guess it's stress, frankly. I don't know. Maybe, um, I guess if it was an aneurysm, I would have already dropped dead. But I seem to have this persistent headache and I know that you don't mess with headaches that's one thing you don't you don't mess with fevers and you don't mess with headaches but I don't have I 
cognitive problems, maybe I will if I stroke out. You guys should call 911, but I I suppose if I had a, a bleed in the brain, there would already be symptoms, but I'm just I have this terrible headache constantly on the top of my head. And then I told you, I looked it up and it said tension headaches. You get tension. I looked up headaches on the top of your head and it said tension headaches. So I, I'm tense. We're all tense, though. Where, where, look at where we live. I guess it's also t I'm tense because what happens if it is a brain aneurysm? I'm screwed. That's it. The, there's no, I don't have the time to do another website to go on GoFundMe, make a GoFundMe page. I'm exhausted. In between doing Tara Buster, I'm going to have to go on the internet superhighway and beg for medical care with a sign, please help me. Who's going to, who cares? I'm go I'll be competing with, with babies who have lupus. And other people like, I don't know, uh, leukemia kids. All right. So that's not going to compete. I can't pull heartstrings against a baby. It's almost impossible. Living in the United States of serfs and lords. And I have to ask, let's get, out, get it out right away off the bat. How much longer? How much longer are we going to take it? Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, fascism is not coming to America. I don't want to hear, oh, yes, it can happen here. It is happening here. It's not coming to America. It's here. And we're living in goddamn bizarro world, right-wing fascist bizarro world. I wanted to show you today. Daniel sent a video. He sent me a video. I don't know if you saw this. It's typical, typical America. While the rest of the world opens up, they while they work together, while they unify and overcome this virus as a community, this country has a Twitler squatting in the Oval Office, despite receiving fewer votes, and an entire cult enabling him. Not just the Republican Party. He has a bunch of morons that are, that would, they would walk off a cliff if he said it. I don't get it. I don't know why. This is akin to Jim Jones. We're in that territory now. Because anybody with a brain and eyes or, e or ears to hear, we know who he is. Anybody who can read, can read the history of Twitler and what a con man he is. This is not up for debate. We got the receipts. We have the tax, the, the lack of tax returns. We have the we have what Mary Trump gave the New York Times. All of those documents that they went through to show just what a filthy, disgusting, greed-centered con man he is. Not was, he is. He's a vile, gross, 
um, what did we come up with? Cancer. He's the scum of the scum of the cancer on the scum of the earth. That's who he is. And yesterday on the show, we were talking about how he, and well, and I, I watched Rachel Maddow's interview with Mary Trump, and it was pretty good. And I've been trying to get, catch all the other interviews she's been doing. It's fascinating. Uh, good for her. She's a patriot. And if you go on Twitter, I was on, t- oh, God, help me, right? I went on Twitter, and you know, all the Trump Z's are up in arms. I-, I went on Eric Trump's Twitter feed. I know, right? Oh, my God. And I j- sometimes I want to, I peruse the right-wing cesspools on the, on the, on the web. Just to see what they're talking about. What is their point of view? And of course, I like to. I go to Bot Sentinel. I I take the their handles there, and I run them through Bot Sentinel to see who are the bots, and they're all over the place. And Eric Trump was going off on Mary Trump, and. I, I like to see what the comments are. And they're all attacking her, saying, well, of course, obviously she was lying. Look at her body language. Look at her body language. She wasn't lying. You know who's a liar? If they're so, they're so tuned in to people's body language... Why don't they see the filthy, disgusting con man lying to their faces? This is what's so baffling. Here's, oh wait, here's some body language. We have it totally under control. It's one person coming in from China, and we have it under control. When you have 15 people, and the 15 within a couple of days is going to be down to close to zero, uh... That's a pretty good job we've done. We had a lot of people were saying, maybe we shouldn't do anything. Just ride it. They say, ride it like a cowboy. Just ride it. Ride that sucker right through. You know it is going away, and it will go away, and we're going to have a great victory. Do you want to vomit? I'm sorry. I have to rewind that. Ride it like a cowboy? Right, put a cowboy hat on, go wee, wee, like... Those little boys. Well, I rode those horses, too, outside the supermarket. Daddy, can I get a quarter? Wee, wee, wee. Ride it like a cowboy. That's how he rides. He would run his, his, his rotund orange ass away from any physical activity. That requires tr- having to put one leg over the back of a horse. That's exercise. This guy can't. Make it, he, he can't, uh, forget about it. He can't uh, barely walk out of the, uh, of the Oval Office to the Rose Garden to get to the, to the stinking mic to lie without being winded. This sad sack. We're going to ride it? Ride the coronavirus like a cowboy. This is what he actually is saying. Now, let's play the game. What if Obama ride, what if he said that? 
Let's ride. Remember when two people died of Ebola in the United States? The Republicans are still talking about it. And these freaks are murdering. Now we're going on 140,000 Americans dead in two months. How many more? We're going to, where we will hit a quarter of a million before November. You, you know it. Mark those words. It's happening. It's coming. And five, at least five or six million will be sick or more the way they want it. We got to ride it like a cowboy. Yeah, that's what she said, right? Twitler, with your smaller than average Mario, um, what is it? Toad from Mario Kart looking penis. Your inadequate performances, ride it like a cowboy. You child. Wee, bing, bing. It's like him in the trucks. Look at me, I like trucks. Bing, bing. Wah, 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 wah. I'm a big boy presidenting. Look at me now, I'm presidenting. People were saying maybe we shouldn't do anything, just ride it. They say ride it like a cowboy. Who the fuck Just was saying? It. I'm sorry for cursing, okay? I keep saying I will stop. People were saying we should ride. What people were saying that? Nobody was saying that. No people. Only monsters and idiots and useful idiots and useless idiots were saying that. Nobody was saying, let's ride it like a cowboy. The CDC didn't come out and say, well, our... Our diagnosis, our suggestion here, through science, because we studied science, you know, we got some degrees. We didn't have to pay somebody to take our SATs. And our assessment is, eh, ride it like a cowboy. This sounds like Herbert Hoover. Just laissez-faire, keep your hands off, let the market, let the market decide. Ride it like a cowboy. You know why? He's got to ride like a cowboy? This idiot? Not but like a cowboy. He's riding it like a little boy. Only because that's all he can do. He's incapable. He is not anything that he's ever said he was. And the Republicans are a greed-centered death cult in league with a fascist, authoritarian, dictator-envying con man who received fewer votes, goddammit. And they have absolutely no business being anywhere near any halls of power, much less during a national emergency where people's lives are on the line. This freak, ride it like a cowboy? People were saying, ride it like a cowboy. Nobody was saying that. Why is that reporter standing there? Why don't they walk out? I, I ask this all the time. What the hell are we doing there? All of us. This is a problem. Every time the reporters show up and they sit in that rose garden for him to come out and they put those cameras up there and they let it roll and they catapult the propaganda from sea to shining sea. They are legitimizing this goddamn effing clown show. 
just like Joe Biden legitimizes it when he calls him Mr. President. Ride it like a cowboy. Nobody said that. People were saying ride it like a cowboy. Just like people were saying you could inject yourself with some light under the skin to disinfect it. And, uh, yeah, light, they're looking at that. It's very interesting, isn't it? Oh, my God, people were saying, like nobody's ever seen people were saying, ride it like a cowboy, like nobody's ever seen, right? Ride that sucker right through. You know it is going away, and it will go away, and we're going to have a great victory. That was in March. Before I open up the phones, I just put the phone number up. Let's play this video of this Trump and Z having a meltdown in a liquor store. You might have seen it, but this is what we're up against. She, w- she refused to wear a mask. She was the only one. So everyone in the liquor store was like, get the F out of the store, bitch. And she was like, free my freedom. And started calling them Nazis. Because Republicans have everything exactly backwards. They're the Nazis. Wearing a mask? You're a Nazi? Because you care about your fellows. You care about, you are the definition of patriotism. You care about your fellow Americans and other human beings, unlike the Nazis. See, they're the Nazis. Because just like the good Germans, quote-unquote, these effing Trumpanzies who refuse to do the slightest inconvenience for the uh, for other their fellow Americans, just like the good Germans who wouldn't, inconvenience themselves when their neighbors were being disappeared in the night. They said nothing. They went about their business. They they took their jobs. They were like, oh, great. Now there's a job open at the university since they uh, disappeared the professor and all of his family into a concentration camp. I guess maybe the trump are that's what they think. We gotta get rid of some of the useless eaters, some of the old people that are surviving on our social safety net. Let them die. And if you die, oh well. It's like a flu. It's like a miracle. It'll just disappear. This is what they think. I'm all for them going to the emergency room and licking some gurneys. Go for it. Do us a favor. They they wouldn't be at the emergency room, after all, to volunteer, that's for sure, and to lend a hand. No, they would have to go there purposefully to lick, lick some gurneys, lick some corpses, too. They're not there. I w- nobody would ever ask a Republican and a conservative to go out of their way to help their fellow Americans. That's not who they are. This is what is so, we all have to really face those facts and stop giving them legitimacy, stop bestowing on them um, human emotion, 
feelings that you might have for your fellows, they don't possess the ability. They are, that's why they can only talk about patriotism. They can only wear ugly red, white, and blue fashion abortions because that's the extent of their patriotism. They put a lot of flags all over their cars. They wear flags. They hump flags. They like to wave flags. They like to scream, salute the flag, like the Nazis did. But they don't understand. They wouldn't wear a mask. They wouldn't, they wouldn't lift a finger to help their fellow Americans. Good thing we're not in the middle of World War II, let's say. These, if this were World War II, why would they have to sacrifice? Huh, what do you mean I can't use, I can't wear um, nylon stockings? I have to, I don't know, whatever, aluminum. I can't, oh, well, oh, look, my car has a flat. I can't get it changed because we are using rubber to make uh, supplies and arms and protections for the troops. If this was World War II, they'd be like, oh, well. They don't do anything for this country. There's no unity here. In order to have a functioning country, you have to have a community spirit. So they lack that. They think that's Nazism, you see. Because they're stupid. And worse than stupid, they're dangerous. And because they, not just are they spreading this stupidity, they're also, um, they're promoting falsehoods that are literally killing people. So let's play the Trump and Z Karen having a meltdown in the liquor store. Wait, where is it? Where's the e-cam here? There you go. Let's record now. So, okay, whoops, I hit the wrong button. So you hear what's going on. Everybody in the store is wearing a mask. The woman's voice that you hear is the Trump and Z. She's like, okay. She thinks she's in the right. You understand? She thinks this is like one of those videos that's going to go viral and everybody in the store is going to be internet shamed and the store will, will close down and they'll all lose their jobs. You know, like when the, uh, whatever, when a Karen at Central Park is caught in the act of being herself, she doesn't seem to realize this filthy Karen does not seem to realize that... In this story, she's she's the Karen. She's the one who should be ashamed. And apparently, they, um, the right wing, the fascists, the Trump andies, are all now screaming and yelling and harassing the people who work in the store. They're calling the store because they didn't want... Because one bitch, one rotten filthy, fascist, trump cult member bitch couldn't give a shit about anybody else but herself. You wear a mask, you dumb bitch, for your fellow Americans. 
so they don't bring the coronavirus home to their granny, their mama, their, their daddy, their brother. So it doesn't spread, you ugly bunch of goons. And honestly, I have to ask again, why don't they secede already? I am so tired of them hanging around our national necks. That's why I have a headache. We have to, because I, I have to continuously, all of us, we all have to keep moving forward in spite this dead weight hanging around our national neck, this albatross. And it's, all, it's not a comical albatross. It's a pathetic one. And it's, it, it's uh, a burden, that's for sure. And it's not, uh, it's not just fun. It's not funny. I wish it was funny. If it was only funny, we could laugh and say, look at these morons. But they are in power. And they're loud. And they have the so-called president, the, the most powerful man on the planet, who has his fingers, his ugly, pudgy, greedy, grasping fingers on the nuclear weapon codes, on the button, oh, you know, his button's bigger, I doubt it, Stormy says otherwise, but, you know, and he, he's, he is just like Freud, you don't have to hang out a shingle to unpack him, he's pathetic, remember when the Republicans had a debate, and they were up there talking about their penises, this is where we live, it's not a joke. It's real life. It's actually happening. Remember they're saying, oh, no problem there. Oh, yeah, my hands are small. Your hands are small. No, my, your, your hands are small. Well, you know what that means when you have small hands. Oh, no, no. No problem there, I assure you. Are you kidding me? And all the evangelicals and the good Christians all lined up to vote for the goons, the fascist goons. I guess because they want them all to meet Jesus quicker. That's the Republican way. Some people are just going to die. Just like some people are born to be slaves, some are just going to die. Some are going to be rich, like undeservingly so. They are going to receive their trust funds, and they're going to be able to ride you unfettered to the bank without pesky government getting in the way and saying, play nice with the plebs, okay? This is a democracy. Don't get so, don't get so greedy. They voted for that guy. And this is the guy who said, oh, remember what he said? He was so greedy. He's greedy, greedy, greedy. And he was boasting about, oh, I'm so greedy. I'm greedy, greedy, greedy. That's not a good thing. But all the great Christians, they voted for him. Imagine Barack Obama. Getting up in front of people and saying, I'm so greedy. You know what? I'm so greedy. I'm greedy, greedy, greedy. What would they do? They would have a fake conniption. Here, here's it. 
I don't feel good about turning down money. Because my whole life I've been greedy, greedy, greedy. I've grabbed all the money I could get. I'm so greedy. That's a good thing? You vile... gross. Disgusting. Human beings who voted for that person? That's your standard bearer. I don't feel good about turning down money. Because my whole life I've been greedy, greedy, greedy. I've grabbed all the money I could get. I'm so greedy. You pathetic, little, tiny, fragile, ugly person. Not even person. Why, why am I saying person? He's cancer. Let's go back to the dumb bitch in the store. There you go. Let's record now. Oh, let's record now. Yeah. Oh, she's she's feeling really like America now. Oh yeah. Look at me. I'm freedom. I'm freedom personified. Everybody's wearing a mask. I'm free to not wear a mask and breathe my ugly taco breath on you. My beer, my corpse breath. I'm sure she's been shoving some corpses in her mouth and going around. I'm free, you Nazis. You're free to go die. Go. Go. Build a wall. Why don't they secede? This is why I watched this video today and I, was, I went back there again. I was thinking, get them out of this country. How much longer? Enough. Secede. I'm sick of you, and if you're you're sick of me, good. You're sick. I don't want you anywhere near me, Trump and Z's, with your filthy, disgusting, goddamn Trump breath, licking his taint, and going around screaming that other people are Nazis because they care about their community. Freaks. They have zero integrity. They don't know what it means to be an American, to be a patriot, to be a, a human. Go away, Trump cult. Get out. Take your Twitler with you. Really? We will give you Kansas. You can have it. Build a wall, and then I'll be all for the wall. Believe me. Build it. You can't build that wall high enough. Let's put a moat and some crocodiles and some spikes in it like Trump wanted. The little freak. Because he didn't want asylum seekers. This person. this He's not a person. I'm sorry. The cancer. The scum on the scum on the cancer on the scum of this body politic. The Trump cult and their standard bearer, they have to be so decimated and so goddamn silenced. Uh, otherwise, we're done. It's not a drill, man. It's not. They are destroying the country. We are all hanging by a thread here. And we will never be able to recover. I am so... I'm so really uh, concerned. So here, this lady who, whatever, she rammed her cart into the, the, the Karen who refused to wear a mask. Good! 
She's defending herself. This is the same bunch of freaks who are all about, uh, they say they say nothing when black people are killed in their cars being pulled over for having an expired insurance sticker. So she's defending herself from this freak breathing all over the place, breathing her fucking disgusting taco breath all over the place with her coronavirus breath and her illness, spreading her illness everywhere. Who goes to a liquor store and acts like an asshole like this, unless they're drunk or something, I guess. But the entire store is wearing masks, and they say, put your mask on. And she's like, you're Nazis. These people are... They are, they're dangerous. You're Nazi. This is the, just to spread that kind of bullshit. What is a Nazi, lady? What do you think a Nazi is? Somebody who cares about their community? Nazis are those who wear masks because they don't want their community to die. Everybody, honestly, the good news in the video is that the the majority of the people in that store were like, get the fuck out of the store, dumb bitch. Well, let's just play the whole thing. Fucking store. Oh, really? Wow. Okay, that's harassment. I'm filing charges. I'm filing charges. Oh, I'm being harassed. Well, where's your bootstraps? Uh, where's your toughness, S Snowflake? I thought you were so tough for freedom and all. I'm being harassed by somebody who says put on a mask. What's your name? There you go. That lady gives nice. him the finger. Yeah, nice, bitch. You're d endangering the community. Nice. Nice. That's okay. I'm actually not. So you guys, she just, she just almost physically threatened me. Oh wow! So snowflake-like melts me. Oh, so, I'm melting. So, I'm melting. I'm sorry, but exactly, I'm you're threatening the entire community by walking around like a douchebag. Colorado Revised State Law. I, I know the law. The law. Where's your, where is your patriotism? Oh, they don't know what it means. Right, I'm sorry. You actually, there's no grounds. No. We are denying you service. You can't deny me service. You can't trust them. That's okay. Cause really? Oh, they, all of a sudden, the law... What, I thought they didn't like big government. And they liked private enterprise, private property. That's somebody saying, get the F out of my private property, you endangering fool. But now, oh, you can't deny me service. She thinks she's like the, the students at the lunch counter in Mississippi. Honey, you're not. You're the asshole standing behind the students screaming.
in the back of their heads. God, oh my God, why? Why do I live in this country? Why? Why did my grandmother come here? Well, we had FDR then. Who would have predicted since FDR, this this is why the the elites they have been at this since before FDR, trying to divide and conquer this country along racial lines, along lines of ignorance, in order for them to steal. And the fascist coup is pretty much complete. We're going to show the cops the law. It doesn't matter. Nope, sorry, it doesn't matter. It does, you have to go. No, I'm sorry. I'll wait for the cops to get here. Okay, that's fine. That's okay, I'm just going to wait till the cops get here. Yeah, because I got nothing better better to do with my life. Except harass the entire I'll community. I'll just wait for the cops to get here. Why don't you wait for them outside? Yeah. Ron. Yeah. Why don't you wait for I'm not. Outside? I'm going to wait right here where I almost got hit by a cart oh, from a lady. Almost got hit by a cart. I did. She did rammed, she rammed her cart into Oh, my God. You almost got hit by a cart while you were endangering the entire community. Remember those dumb, those, uh, that lawyer couple, the dumb fuckers who stood on the lawn with assault weapons, pointing guns at people. Oh, they were in there 100% right, right? To endanger the community. This one, I'm in danger. She's in danger. Every day is opposite day for them. They're out there making this world as ugly and tiny and small and as sick as they are. It's bad enough they make us as sick as they are mentally, and now they want us to die. Physically. That's how much they hate America. I thought all lives mattered. This is why I'm so confused about these fascists. All lives mattered. If all lives mattered, why don't you wear a mask? Oh, because QAnon says that there's some kind of, oh, Dr. Fauci has some, I I don't even know. I cannot follow the train of thought of these freaks who can't see. They think everybody's lying, but the effing con man who is a liar, who is a documented, serial, bankrupt, liar, tax cheat with with the every con under the sun. I have a witness. Yes, I do. Oh, my God. I have it on video, dude. Go to court, then. Jesus Christ. I thought they didn't like government. I got a witness. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, I was just trying to walk around and endanger everyone with a deadly disease during the middle of a pandemic. And... This, the whole of the community rose up like Nazis to tell me to wear a mask. I refused. As an American, I refused to give a shit about anybody else but myself. 
I have it on video. I have it on video. You can't. That's okay. Threatening. Sorry, you can leave. You can get out of my face. Get out of my face. Ron at Molly's Liquors in Lakeside. Oh my God. Let's see. Yeah. Let's see. You're going to be under a lot. Wow. Nope, not leaving. Not gonna let you harass me like this. No you can harass the whole world, though, right, Trump Angie? So it's not a law. It's not a law. Not a law. Get out, you dumb bitch. It's not a law. The law says I can deny you. It's not a. No, the law. Uh, do you? Okay. What law went through the legislature to pass that you can't do that? What law went through the legislature? Okay. Do you own this store? You might be drunk. Do you own this store? Do you own this store? Get out. Are you the owner? Hi. I almost just got. I almost just got rammed. No, I'm not until Holy the cops get here. Shit. Oh, good. Oh, good. Because I'm going to show them the law. I'm going to show them the law. I'm private of business. I can, ex I can expel you if I want to. Actually, you can't under the Colorado Revised State Law. <laughs> oh, my you God. You absolutely cannot. Well, let's find out. All right, let's do. I can't and believe I, and you this. you know what? I'm filing charges. Good. Women, don't touch me. Get away from me. Get away from me. A woman tried to ram her cart into me, and I have it on video. And you're going to become under fire, son. You're, you're, you're uh, like. Good luck. Good luck. Molly's at. Oh In Wheat Ridge. I'm not leaving until the cops get here. Good. Can you believe this? I'm actually not blocking the doorway, Karen. Okay, I'll I'll go around here. Leave the store. Leave the store, ma'am. You need to leave. Don't don't touch me. You can't videotape. Don't. I can't. You guys don't know the law. Oh my god. Get out. That's the law. You guys have no idea what the law is. Nazis. Look at these Nazis. It's Jeffco policy. Get out. It's not a law. This is Jeffco. Get out. Nazis. Look at unbelievable. Oh my god. They are so restrained. Really. The entire normal people in that store. That woman needs to be, she she needs some uh, public shaming. Unfortunately, it says that the store, the Trump Anzies are really uh, going attack, they're attacking the store. Let's see, it says uh, Ruby Musso, that's her name, Ruby Musso, R-U-B-Y-M-U-S-S-O, filmed the viral video which shows her arguing with staff after she refused to wear a mask asserting that they are breaking the law by asking her to wear a covering. I was harassed and assaulted and thrown out of Molly's spirits in Lakeside for not wearing a mask, she wrote in her caption on the video online. A customer ran her card into me. Workers and managers shoved me and put, her hand, put their hands in my face. Lakeside cops did nothing because you're in the wrong. <sighs> I asked cops to get her and I, so I could press charges and they refused. It's like a Nazis. It's just like Crystal Knox. 
In the video, multiple employees ask Musso to leave as she asserts they don't know the law. Other customers wearing masks are seen arguing with her, and in the background, someone can be heard yelling, Karen. <laughs> you are not going to treat me like this. She's a patriot. See, oh, where's my patriotic music? Hold on. This is Karen. <laughs> oh, Karen. You will not treat me like this. I was harassed and assaulted and then thrown out of Molly's spirits in Lakeside for not wearing a mask. She wrote in the caption, a customer ran her cart into me. Lakeside cops did nothing. It was just like when the Boston Massacre, except I was killing everybody. And they wouldn't let me. You know? Multiple employees ask Musso to leave as she asserts they don't know the law. <laughs> you are not going to treat me like this and get away with it. I treat you like this. I treat you. That's how it works. I'm a Trump and Z. Laws are for you, not for me. I did nothing. I did nothing. This is what she wrote on her blog, on her social media. I did nothing but not wear a mask. And look at all these Nazis. It's like when the British were Nazis and the colonists were um, something. I don't know. I skipped. I, I, I skipped the eighth grade. Nazi America. Oh my God, I love it. We should just clip that part out. That's what Republicans do, like James O'Keefe. Clip out that part on her blog where she says, Nazi America, oh God, I love it. Anti-maskers ranting. I really just tried to stand my ground because I am an American asshole with that because I feel like it's really important, you know, like to kill everyone. There are so many reasons why someone is not wearing a mask. None of them good, though, right? M Musso said, explaining that she suffers from panic and anxiety when wearing a mask. Only when wearing a mask. Honey, the whole effing world is suffering from panic and anxiety when you don't wear a mask. The store owner said the store was receiving threatening calls. Well, that's just America. It's not my place to determine what is and what is not a health risk. Oh, no, that's the owner. <laughs> Her claims to being legally allowed to refuse a mask are in contradiction with, Clark, with Governor Jared Polis. As we know. Leave our business. Matt, you're running into me. Le don't touch me. Leave our business. No, sorry, you're not going to treat me like this and get away with it. You're not going to treat me like this and get away with it. We do not want you in our business. Go away. You're not going to have a business pretty soon. Really? <laughs> good, good luck. Good luck. Ma'am, it's like you're naked in my business. Please leave. You are naked in my business. 
No shoes, no shirt, no mask, no service. You're in my face. Go away from me. Go away from me. <laughs> Go away from me. Earth. I just got rammed with a cart. No Get shirt, away from me. No shoes, Get no away from me. No mask. Not the law. Now. Not the law. No shirt, no shoes. A mandate and order is not state law. You guys have no idea what legislature processes, what legislative process? I can do it because I won't doing it. I'm waiting for the cops. I'm waiting for the cops. I'm going to press charges when I get here, just so you know. And I will Don't you feel proud? Get over here away from the now. People are begging her. What is wrong with you? They're saying. I did nothing. I did nothing. I did nothing. Nothing. I did nothing but not wear a mask. And look at all these Nazis in Nazi America. Nazi America. Oh my God. I love it. Really? Aren't you proud to be an American? All right. We got a caller on the line who's been hanging on. Susan. Uh, how are you? <laughs> Susan Schaefer. Listen to the phone. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Call, what did my you say? Old, I will talk about. Mike Malloy, buddy. That's right. The topic is, I think, yeah. Mary Thompson book and Trump is an idiot. This is what you wrote on the screener. <laughs> Well, it, it, said, it, it said it said when I called in, it asked me. Right. Uh, I think it took my it took my voice. Yes. And it asked me, but no. I didn't pay attention to how to end it, and I couldn't figure it out until I. No, it's okay. Found. It's it's very funny. So I you know it says yeah. uh, I anyway, think. Uh, <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was I was enjoying Karen there. Um, oh my God. Oh. Uh, Colorado. Uh, is a lot like Washington State. I believe that the governor has um, made a, a masking rule, and stores, especially if they're uh, part of a big chain, right, have to not serve people that aren't wearing masks. Right, and, and all the stores here in Washington have the have um, um, signs on the outside of the door saying you must wear a mask. And right. it's like the guy said. Uh, if you if he if she was on the beach and wanted to go into a restaurant in her beach wear no shirt no shoes right. no shirt that's right would, exactly would she object to that no she right. put on her shoes so she could go get her her dinner exactly but uh, but because the president right and the Republican Party and 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 you know they are complicit in this it's not just Trump the mm-hmm. whole damn party oh yes absolutely and has been. They started becoming one back at Reagan when he said the nine words in mm. worst words in English language were "I'm from the government and I'm here to help." That's right. In other words, he was anti-government. Why is right. somebody who's anti-government running for president in the first exactly. place? Exactly. Exactly. Elected because he was an actor, and exactly. everybody knew who he was. Yep. A, he was not a. He was a B actor too. He wasn't a great <laughs> right. an actor. An actor with chimps. But he was a D president. Yeah. Um, exactly. President. But uh, but anyway, it started then, and the party's been going like that because the only way they can get votes is to uh, disenfranchise voters, to gerrymander, to dump you off the voter rolls, to think of any way they can Mm -hmm. to stop you from voting. Yes, right. And uh, now, you know, I'm I'm now back living in my state. I I spent a year and a half in 
in Georgia, and I felt like I was in a third world country. Oh, wow. Um, what was that yeah, like? Yeah, that was a real shock. I don't know how Malloy can stand it. I know. Um, oh, it's it, true. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, I, you know, that from the Confederates, uh, you know, you'd, you'd run into some guy with his big pot belly sticking out, and he'd have a Confederate flag on it oh, on a God. T-shirt. He'd look up, and there'd be a, a MAGA hat on his head. And, and it was, I, it was just a shock. I, th- I thought, you go out in public like that? Oh, my God. <laughs> well, they have no shame. No, I never saw anything like that until I went down there. Look. That's but gross. Now, we've got, I'm, I'm not living in Seattle anymore. I'm down. I'm still on the west coast of, of Washington, but I'm down in the country, and there are some Trumpers down here. Ugh. But they aren't rude because they know they know we just laugh at them. You know, That's good. Because, um, they're, you know, and uh, they're COVID idiots. Right. And, uh, but, but. But uh, I uh, I just wanted to say that I I just finished reading Mary Trump's book. Oh I, yes, um, <laughs> I wasn't going to get it, and then I and then I read a review of it and her, and I thought, well, she's not like the other Trumps. Oh yeah. So um, mm-hmm. so I thought I didn't mind paying for the book, and I I I got the um the ebook, so I right. had it first thing. Me um, too. Tuesday and. <laughs> Yeah, I finished it last night. Yep, and I actually had nightmares. Uh huh. Oh wow! What kind of nightmares did you have? You that remember them? Family. What a piece of I know. work! Yep. Oh my god! That's now, right. I, I never got along with my mother, and she was kind of a bitch, you know. Mm. But my god, my life was paradise compared to the way those people were raised. Right. By that, that's that true. Guy. Right. Whoa. And the way that they, the way that she, she described how they just, they're so abusive to each other. They had it all, but then they would deny, um, you know, they would, they would, they had it and all. And they but would then, do things rich. Yeah. Yeah. And the rituals that the family had that nobody enjoyed doing, but they did it because they always had done it. Right. You know, right. Certain types of dinners and things like it was just crazy stuff. Well, and yeah, they were so, yeah. Uh, humorless. Uh, like Donald only laughed at other people. That's expenses. right. And that how the so thing that struck me too was that when she wrote about when well first let me just say we're talking to Susan Schaefer, a friend and also patron and supporter of liberal media. So who, right. I have, we have the I'm, phone. I'm, 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 well, and on on the YouTube, I uh, my my idea is like like my name is like. The first part of my name, Susan. Okay. It's like S U Shay four, you know. Yes. 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 It's kind of kind of weird, but anyway, a lot of people don't know me. Oh. Okay. I don't have my whole name out there. I see. I see. I don't mind my name being out there. That's good. But um, what I was what was I gonna say? So the um, oh yes, when Trump's well, Mary Trump's father was dying, and the and Trump. They, I mean, it was just such a dysfunctional story. Anyway, oh, what they did to what they did to her father, yeah, was but, I mean, but it, when it was when like they were they him from childhood, right? But when what I'm wait, let me just finish. They when they were they all gathered because it was the uh, father. They didn't know that he was dead yet or something. And then what did Trump do? He went to the movies. Donald Trump. Well, no, he knew they. He, he uh, they, they, the hospital had called right and said that he, they didn't think he was going to make right, it. Right, right, right. And they didn't even call his ex-wife. Right. 
had divorced him but stayed friendly with him. And they didn't call his daughter or his son. Right. But uh, but but Trump and she they were she was they were both away at school, and and Donald went to the movies. Yeah. As so his older brother. Right. They're waiting for a call that nobody went to see him in the hospital. Nobody. Why he died would? alone. It's unbelievable. And they're, it's, they it's don't go disgusting. to the hospital. And it's not like it's far away. This is in Queens. He was in New York. Yeah, so, he was just down the street. Yes. You know? So they went, they gathered, and Mary Trump came home from school. She didn't know that her father was going to die. And they had kept well, that. Well, they they didn't. They, they didn't, downplayed they didn't even it. Call her so after after she was he was dead. Right. When, when they called her, uh, the 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 um the the coach from the team she was on right. went into the auditorium where she was and and, and said, um, you know, you got a phone call from your grandmother. And right. She said to call her or your grandfather. They said to call or if 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 they're they're not up, you know, go go call your mother mm-hmm. call your, so she called her mother and her mother wasn't home right and it was 10 at night so she was a little alarmed she called her grandfather and grandfather just says oh um um it's nothing serious right. uh, go to bed and call right. your mother in the morning yeah and it was her dad was dead by then yes he he was but just like yeah anyway he didn't want to deal with it mm-hmm. but no, then it was just deal with it that's what it was because she had a fe- i didn't want to have her have a feeling but I just found that really what, unbelievable. Yeah, they said he was a high-functioning sociopath. Right, is what she diagnosed her. And well, as. and sociopathy does run in families. It is they they've done studies. It is yeah, hereditary. And um, I had I had a brother. He's dead now. My oldest brother, who was um, uh, a narcissist, mm-hmm, uh, a malignant mm-hmm, narcissist, mm-hmm. and and so I had a little experience dealing with that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, he was encouraged by my mother as a child, and he became, you know, he oh, he often used to say, "I wish I was an only child." <laughs> Jesus, because, that was his, that was a compliment. To me. Right? Oh you my know, God. I, I often wish I'd been an only child. That sucks. I'd have a lot more stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Because uh, that's all but, it's about. So right? I understand that, but 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 he was nothing like. I mean, he was yeah. not nearly as bad as Trump wow. or Fred or any of that. That that family was so dysfunctional. It was unbelievable. But but the book, uh, you know, people people are you know a lot of right wingers mm-hmm. are saying that they don't believe the book. They, they, it, I mean, it, they're it, lo- they're it, hopeless. So yeah. They don't believe it's it. It's very, please. very typical of the things we've seen coming out of the White House. Yeah. Uh, it's, I mean, I don't n- nothing... inconsistencies there at all. Mm-hmm. There's nothing not to believe about what she's saying, and it's it's entirely no. believable. And then she also brings the proof, especially when it comes to their finances. She had access to it because they were oh, suing oh. each other about – because Trump was trying to get his entire, they were they were trying to steal the what their estate from them, well, their they father's did. estate. They ended up stealing it. Mm. They ended up stealing her her inheritance uh, right. from her father because her father had died uh, while she was still a minor, and mm. before Fred had died. Right. And then Fred got dementia, uh, which I actually cheered when I found that out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's the only uplifting part of the whole book. I got, I got into that book <laughs> but, but yeah but uh, but 
you know, it was it was just like one thing after another. And then uh, one of the things about the book that that pleased me uh, when when she said that uh, that all these people and I have often suspected this myself, all these people that are talking about, you know, all the awful things Donald does mm-hmm. uh, uh, that he does. And 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 everybody says, well, it's because he's a genius and he's got God. this higher thing. He doesn't care about people, but he's got he's a very he's he's like a genius no. with policy. He's a genius oh, with no. all this stuff, no, no, and he's no. just a de- he's just an evil genius. No. And I've always said, no, you know what? I think he doesn't know what the fuck's going to happen to him until he does it. Yeah. I don't think he no, thinks about he's these not a things genius. at all. I don't think he cares about them at all. He just cares about people thinking he's a big deal. Yeah, no, he's a guy. he's a tiny, small moron who is out of his yeah, depth. And so he really is a moron. He yes. doesn't, and he and he's so so socially inept that he doesn't know the difference. Now, th- she said this, and I have always suspected this. He never knows whether people are 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 making fun of him, right. or applauding right. him because he doesn't have any. And I've yeah. seen. Mm-hmm. I've seen reporters interviewing him doing that, making right. fun of him when he doesn't know it. Right. And then he gets pissed later when somebody right. else tells him. <laughs> when he realizes it. Well, uh-huh. hey, well, thank you for yeah. calling, Susan. I got to move along. We got another caller oh, well, on the thanks line. thanks for talking to of me. Course. I love the show. I listen to it all I the know. time. I'm usually late at night, so I can't always call in, but uh, keep, keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. We need this voice of oh, yours out thank there. Thank you. Thank you. I will keep doing it, and thank you for your patronage and all your support, emotional and your spiritual and every other support. You are real. Um, one of the rocks of the of this show, that's for oh. sure. So. Thank you. Thank you well, so much. Well, I, I love it. I love it. Thank you. Again. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Glenn Wood. Are you on the phone still? Yes, ma'am. Is this Glenn? Is your name Glenn Yes, Wood? I am. Your name is it's Glenn. It's Wood. Glenwood. Linwood. It's Linwood. Linwood. So oh, okay. L-I-N-W-O-O-D. Okay. Yeah, because yes, it's ma'am. only a... It's only a computer. It only it does uh, it transcribes whatever you say, but it often gets names and everything wrong. So, thank you for calling. Sure. So you want to talk about white supremacy, Um, huh? Well, here's the statement I'm going to make before we go into questions and answer mode. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If you do not understand white supremacy, racism, what it is, and how it works. Everything else that you understand will only confuse you. Mm. And that came from Nilly Fuller Jr. in 1971, the author of the United Independent Compensatory Code System Concept, mm. a textbook workbook for thought, speech, and action for victims of white supremacy. Mm, mm, mm. Now, first question I'd like to ask you is, are you a white person? Yes. <laughs> Can you say I'm almost a ghost? I'm so white. It's ridiculous. So why? What do you well, mean? <laughs> are you as white as a sheet of are you as white as a sheet of paper? Um I don't know. Maybe. Maybe with this lighting. Why? Why? I'm I'm getting very suspicious and nervous. What's happening here? I, I have a All very right. white <laughs> look at look at the camera. You could see me. I'm I'm almost uh translucent, I'm so white. But it's um you know, whatever. I'm Irish. It's uh I I'm do you're you trying to make a point. Uh, do, do you believe I the believe... white race was created? No. Uh, created? I do know that we were all back... Not In fact, the white pigment is a rather recent uh, um, evolutional change. 
that so we based were all, on albinism based on what based albinism albinism no no it was i don't know what 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 that is albinism what is that albino, albino. oh albino yes Okay, well, can you yeah. just get to the point? I'm not sure what you're trying to say. <laughs> well, well, here's what I'm trying to say. Okay. <clears throat> you know, of all this conversation I've been hearing about the president being or engaging in um, spiking the white supremacy, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the president is just a product of his environment. Mm -hmm. he, is a, he is a racist suspect. Mm -hmm. And most, the most effective number of people who classify themselves as white are dedicated to this abuse and subjugation of non-white people mm -hmm. based on color or factors associated with color. Mm. And so you're never going to solve this problem unless mm -hmm. the smartest, most powerful white people do it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It took a, the death of a non-white gentleman for the smartest, most powerful white people to say, okay, we're going to change the name of the Washington Redskins, mm, mm -hmm. or we're going to, you know, we're going to put some billions of dollars into Howard University. Mm. Well, why should a non-white person have to die at the hands of a race soldier mm -hmm. for the smartest, most powerful white people to do the most constructive things to get things done for non-white people? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think that it wasn't the smartest people. It was the average person that said, we're not, we're not taking it. We, they went into the streets and pushed that, that, uh, those changes and continue to push. So it wasn't like they were, it, well, it would still be business as usual without, um, an outcry. That's our, that's for sure. Yes. And that's exactly what white supremacy racism is. Mm -hmm. The business. Right. Well, it's always it been. Operates right. on profits and losses. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. It operates on profits and losses. Right. And if you want to understand this, I will advise you to go to ProduceJustice.com and get this man's book. Okay. Produce Justice. Because you will definitely understand how <clears throat> non-white people do not need to protest. They need a code. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. They need a code of thought, speech, and action because what they're doing currently is protesting and what's happening. You got a got the racist suspect in the White House saying the cities are a war zone, right? And Armageddon is coming, right? This is the sort of um, white supremacist tactics that racist man and racist woman use, mm -hmm. even to white people. It exploits their fears, exploits their anger, and pretty much they created these. They created this for themselves. Right. Non-white people are not the problem. White people are the problem. Because they've created a problem to be a problem. Well, I I don't know if you listen to the show a lot, but we talk about the... Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. The, we, and my, you have spoken very often about it. Mm -hmm. Because my opinion is the whole... And I agree with you 100%. The whole race thing is an economic construct. It's everything from slavery um, to our race, entire racist as history is based on economics and that's why the republicans and the conservatives and those in power they have a vested interest 
in keeping us divided, and which is why when people say black and so lives, do li- and so do liberals. Well, um, liberals, I, I mean, you may have a different opinion, of course, but I feel that at least there's some people, li- people who are liberals are open yeah. to um, looking at themselves. So there might everybody was raised in this society we all have an evolution to do and yeah so i think that there are liberals who you know who will that's why they the black lives matter movement those the liberals they understand there it's not just black people in the streets it's white people too and they're they understand that i mean the way i look at it is that we're in this together black and white there is no race but the human race and when you fill out the not yet right not exactly yet. that's why and i and i guarantee you that in the future you know when you fill out a job application or whatever application they say what is your race they have uh, black white caucasian whatever it is you know asian that that that's what, what um <laughs> that's um one of the six major racist strategies yeah. for confusion. Right. And then the racial future, classification confusion. Right. Mm-hmm. But I feel that maybe I don't know when, maybe in our lifetime, in the future, future generations will look back. That's that will be something that they'll point to and say as something so archaic and absurd that we did that as uh pointing out to uh, how devolved we really are but it's really all about we're in this together i i think that that's the game that they play on the american people uh, well all people really it's uh, an economic well, let's game let's not use that word let's not use that word american yet Okay, <laughs> because we have yet to build the we have yet to build a concept called America in its mm, true mm-hmm, form. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And so I typically use the term the United States or the concept called the United States. Mm. Um, and that's to change the language because you cannot have white supremacy and be American. You're mm. either one or the other. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're either right. dedicated to race or you're dedicated to country. Right. And if you're dedicated to race, you are an enemy to the country. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And that's and really that, mm-hmm. good. Sorry. Good. What were you saying? Um, and that's what I typically use that I use those words from the code book to counter white supremacy in my thought, speech and action. Mm-hmm. And this is what non-white people should be doing, should be getting the smartest, most powerful white people to work for them. To get the things done that need to get done. Thing like justice. Now, the definition of justice is guaranteeing that no person is mistreated and guaranteeing that the persons who need help the most get the most constructive help. Two things, both are guarantees. Mm-hmm. That's what you, Miss Devlin, should, in your thought, speech, and action every single day, should do. Make sure. That no person, whether they're white or non-white, regardless of their racial artificial artificial racial classification, is getting the most constructive help. Yeah, I mean this is what and we talk about on the show best. all the time. We talk. That's why we advocate for policies that leave no one behind. The part of the reason that we are 
so divided is that we have these we have policies that don't apply to all this is how we have to move forward as a community we have to ha- that's why universal health care <clears throat> universal higher education all of that though i believe it's not just nice things to do these are patriotic imperatives if we really want to heal this country and we have to because we are a country of 320 million diverse human beings and most of unless we're indigenous we are we come from somewhere else and we have to live together not that i don't according to the republicans you know it's not like they they they're fine with the democracy so to speak when white people are at the top and everybody else knows their place and that's why we have to continue to evolve and push the society to leave no one behind. To really, at least you admit it. <laughs> I at try. Least you're I honest know. and admit it. <laughs> you know, you're honest and admit it. Well, but, I mean, we try. You know, <laughs> you know, this is what I've been telling people all along. Yeah, I live in a conservative area. Mm. Staunch Trump. Trump is all over this place. Oh boy. And. When I talk to conservatives, that's and I barely talk to liberals because there's only a scramble few here and there, mm-hmm. or some that's here, but they're closeted liberals. And so when I talk to conservatives, it is the anger, the red meat, the talking points from Fox oh God. News. Oh God! <laughs> and I was, I said, sir, I said, sir, ma'am, time out. All right. Is that really occurring? Yes, the president said it was occurring. Oh God! Oh God! How is it yeah. occurring? And then we got to talking about the individual, the healthcare law. So, oh, he got rid of it. It's dismantled. Oh God. oh God, ma'am, have you heard a thing called budget reconciliation? Huh? But yeah. you, if you watch Fox News, they've been bringing that topic up during the healthcare debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought they got rid of it. No. Then no. <laughs> Trump's yeah. tax plan. I had to go back and explain it to her. In Trump's tax plan, the individual mandate is down to zero. Right. No sooner the Democrats get the Senate back, if they get how's the government back, they can use the same budget reconciliation law to put that individual mandate back yeah, on the books. Of course. So when you go to file your taxes the year the year that the Democrats are in office, you'll be paying a fine for not having insurance. Mm-hmm. That's Again, the Republican health care plan, like, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they looked at me on the and they looked at me with this look on their face like he didn't repeal it? No, darling. Cuz they You got to have 60 in the box to appeal it without without a filibuster. Yeah. Yeah. The Senate is a, what is called a cooling saucer. If you notice the entire time that he was trying to get his bills through, he couldn't get them through without the Democrats. So you need to go to that mechanism, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is a short-term mechanism for a long-term headache. Right. I know. Okay. And, so, uh, you know, it was just deep. Right. Well, I feel for you having They're to live, live with them. <laughs> I know. And that this is the problem. <laughs> this is the problem that we live in this country that's so divided with silos of information. There's so many problems that were created by Republicans and their democratic enablers and i i encourage you to keep listening to the show because we really do talk about this a lot so i appreciate your call and thank you for showing us this website uh what is it produce 
Justice.com? Justice.com. All right. Yes, ma'am. I appreciate it. And, yeah, come on and uh, keep uh, enjoying the show and hopefully maybe go over to the YouTube channel. There's a bunch of people in our chat room, and uh, we you, know, you can get to know them as well. But thank you. Thank you for calling. Have a good night, ma'am. All right. I'll You're talk welcome. to you soon. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Anytime. You got Bye-bye. it. That was Lenwood. All right. We still have the phones open if anybody else wants to call. And we no one's on the phone yet. We have other things to talk about. I'm sure you will all find your voice and not be shy. No reason to be shy. This is therapy hour for the resistance. Hour. I don't know. As long as I feel like being on the air. It's not an hour. We have no idea. <laughs> Thank you all for hanging out. And let's see. What was I talking about? Oh, that lady. That lady in the store. So what else? Oh, you know why I brought that up? Because I wanted to make the comparison between that lady screaming and she screamed. What was she screaming? Nazi, Nazi America. And well, guess what? We are living in Nazi America. This is why it's so dangerous. Um, You might have seen right now on the cover of the Huffington Post, the front page, Portland protesters, federal cops, cops, not carps, no, not cops, not carps, not fish, cops in unmarked vans are grabbing us off the streets. It's terrifying. I was on Twitter. You might have seen it. The videos are all over Twitter of of protesters being grabbed. Let me see if I can find one. I'll show you guys. These these Gestapo in uniform faces covered. No markings, no names, no identifying uh, patches that say what organization they're with are they with the national guard are they with who are they with are they with the local police are they the praetorian guard who are they and they do not speak they just go and grab people without saying anything they and take them into a van that doesn't have any identifying marks either Now that's pretty goddamn frightening. It's not fascism coming to America. It's not coming. It's here. The New York Times reports federal agents unleashed militarized crackdown on Portland. Now you don't hear the right-wingers saying anything about this. This is the law and order that they're talking about. Law and order, law and order. That's why Republicans conservatives, the fascists, the right-wingers, they they need an out-of-control, militarized police force. The only reason they, they have to pretend to care or to give you know, two craps that George Floyd died, that somebody had, that, that cop put his knee on George Floyd's neck and kept it there until he was dead, which is not... America, supposedly. The cops are supposed to take you to your day in court. They're not supposed to be the mobile execution squad. That's not freedom. And any Republican, if they're really all about freedom, they would know that. 
except they cheer that kind of behavior. And that is the kind of behavior that all true patriots should abhor. So, funny how they scream Nazi at people who are wearing masks, who care about their fellow Americans, but they say nothing about these Gestapo in the streets. And on Twitter, and I was reading some of the comments, and I I wish I had saved it. I didn't, though. One of the comments that I came across was from somebody from Germany saying, I am German. This is terrifying. Let's see if I can find the particular video itself. Portland. Well, let me see if I could, if I look up Gestapo. Oh, there goes the goddamn screen. Right on cue. Let's see. Oh, here we go. Wait a minute. This is why I need a producer. Because they could be getting these videos while I'm putting the TV back on. <laughs> and making the the camera focus. Where the hell is it? Hold on. Portland Gestapo. Gestapo. Here we go. Oh, that's that. Oh, God damn it. Here we go. What are you doing? Hold on. Let's see. Show you my screen. Focus on that. Here we go. Look, watch. Watch this. Doing. Use your words. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Use your words. What are you doing? Use your words. What are you doing? Use your words. What is going on? Who are you? NLG will get you out. What's your name? Tell us your name. Okay, you're fine. We'll get you out. We got you, friend. We got you. The fuck? NLG. You just violated their rights. Unmarked rental car. You just violated their rights. Thanks for keeping them fucking. Kidnapping people. What are you doing? Absolutely. Use your words. What are you doing? Use your words. What are you doing? Use your words. What is going on? Who are you? NLG will get you out. What's your name? Tell us your name. Okay, you're fine. We'll get you out. We got you, friend. We got you. The fuck? NLG. You just violated their rights. Oh, well, who's, who's to know? They have their faces their covered. Rights. They have no names. And um, that woman, she's probably, they have um, ACLU lawyers volunteering in the streets of Portland and other demonstrations helping the protesters and representing them and telling them and educating them about their rights. And I, that's what I think she's saying. I'm not a hundred percent sure when she's saying, use your words. And he says, I am peacefully protesting. And I think that's, they were 
trained on doing that and telling her, this is my name, and they can get him out. So here is, from the cover of the Huffington Post, let me see. Feds in unmarked vans detain protesters. Demonstrators in in Portland, Oregon, say federal officers driving unmarked vans have been stopping to detain people during late-night protests this week, a legally dubious move that has local officials Con- that local officials are condemning. So that says that the local officials apparently don't know anything about this. Who are these federal officers in unmarked vans grabbing American citizens off the streets, not identifying themselves? This is frightening. So what's next? When the Gestapo comes to your door, you tweet something, against Twitler. Next thing. Then you're taken out of your home in the middle of the night. That's what will happen. This is what happened in Nazi Germany. Oh, there goes Godwin's law. I broke it again. Godwin's law. We can't mention Nazis, except why? So we don't learn the lessons of history? They're staring us right in the face. This is not what it's supposed to be here in the United States. We are a nation of laws. We're a constitutionally limited democratic republic. The people have rights. And the police are not a goddamn Gestapo force. Supposedly. They're not supposed to be. That is not freedom. That's the antithesis of freedom. So where we live... Let's let's review. We live in a country where morons, idiots, Trumpanzees, in the middle of a pandemic, walk around without masks, calling people in masks Nazis, while actual Gestapo forces re- roam the streets of American cities, de- detaining people illegally, kidnapping them off the street, with the power feeling. Um, empowered to say nothing, to not identify themselves, to not read anybody their rights. Just take them off the streets and put them in a van. That's not freedom, you goddamn dumb Trump and Z. You're fighting the wrong Nazis. Open your eyes. If you're that hypersensitive to Nazis, then look at your standard bearer. Look at what they're doing. Look at the effing Republican Party. Bill Barr wrapping Gestapo tactics in the veneer of legitimacy, snatching peaceful protesters, American citizens, off the streets. You know, this is how it goes. Remember when the disgusting, filthy fascist Republicans and their Democratic enablers during, well, in September 11th, when they would say, oh, we don't, we, we, how weak it is to read terrorists their rights as if there's something weak about being a constitutionally limited Democratic Republic. 
So they stopped reading their rights. Terrorists or whatever, those, they weren't even terrorists, some of them. They were disappeared into these black sites and they had no legal representation. We know what they did to the, uh, some in Iraq, other tribes in conflict with the, the other tribe, tribal leaders would so, uh, go to the Americans and, and turn in rivals to get bounties because they put they they paid for whoever paid paid for information paid for uh, suspects and then these people would be disappeared without having doing without being a terrorist except there we were creating the terrorists if anything disappearing them off the streets so it makes sense that. The same government, the fascist right-wing freaks who gave it a trial run, what would the American people do when we started to whittle away at our rights with the Patriot Act, when we started to say, no, you know what, we don't have to read some people their rights. They don't have rights. We're going to torture them now even though we know that torture doesn't get information. And in World War II, the most heinous, evil Nazi regime, we, we know from experience that the intelligence officers who interrogated the captured German soldiers and officers, they, they said during that time that they got more actionable intelligence by playing chess with their prisoners than they ever did by torturing them. But that was a time when we followed the Geneva Conventions. Torture is not an effective strategy because people will say anything to make it stop. And we learned that by torturing, uh, by, by lowering our standards. Not just lowering them, lowering them to the to the cellar and then the trap door opened and we were in some kind of disgusting Dante's 15th, 50th cycle of hell. So where, what do you think that it's not a short, it's not a long walk from saying that habeas corpus and reading Miranda rights is weak when it when it when it concerns terrorism suspects it's not a long leap to translate that into uh the the same policies applying to american citizens you 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 see what i mean that's how they do it it doesn't happen overnight every line the line is crossed and Okay, we got away with that. Now, watch, watch us now. Hold our beer. We're going for the the whole Kahuna here. There is not a uh, a long leap from disappearing and kidnapping American citizens off the streets of Portland to that knock on your door in the middle of the night. And there's not a knock. I'm sure. It's not um it's, it's not a joke it's happening
It's not uh, something that we are imagining. In the Huffington Post, it says officers, let's see, who wrote this article? Sarah Bobbitts. Bobbitts? Officers have been detaining protesters using this tactic since at least Tuesday, according to the Oregon Public, um, yes, Oregon Public Broadcasting. Two protesters, Mark Pettibone and Connor O'Shea, told the outlet they were chased by an unmarked minivan early Wednesday morning as they were heading home after peacefully demonstrating. Pettibone did not escape. I am basically tossed into the van he told the Oregon Public Broadcasting, and I had my beanie pulled over my face so I couldn't see, and they held my hands over my head. He said the officers didn't identify themselves or state the reason he was being detained and only read him his Miranda rights after placing him in a cell. Asked if he would waive those rights to answer questions, Pettibone declined and requested a lawyer. He said he was released after 90 minutes. The whole ordeal, he says, wait, where was I? I lost my spot. Was terrifying. He told the Washington Post, officers with the U.S. Marshals Service and Customs and Border Protection have descended on Portland in recent weeks for the stated purpose of protecting federal property That's their stated purpose. As thousands in the city participate in anti-racism protests. CBP agents are in the city because of an executive order. Donald Trump, it says president, but he's not the president. He's a freaking con man who received fewer votes, who doesn't earn the moniker of president. So he's Twitler. So Twitler passed... In response, this is an executive order that Twitler passed in response to the protests. What protest? The Black Lives Matter protests? That's why you know that Black Lives Matter is exactly what this country needs. It is an effective protest. It is hitting the mark. It hits too close to the nerve. So they know that's what we need. This is why. The heavy hand of fascism is coming down. With the Praetorian Guards, Donald Trump's goon squad, his his own very own Gestapo, wiping their asses with the Constitution. What do you want to bet? Many of these people, many, I don't know how many, I haven't interviewed them, are patriots. Or so they say. Well, they're not. Any of them, they are a disgrace to this country. And we all have to get on board and understand this is why shows like this, I hate, I say it. I'm not, I was going to say I hate to say it. No, I don't hate to say it. I say it because it's true. We have to change, we have to reclaim the paradigm, change it until every, um, every uniformed cop, every Secret Service agent, every military officer, every military enlisted person, and on and on, understands what they're there to do. That if somebody gives them an illegal order, that they refuse. Because they are patriots. 
That's part of. I have something in my face, so that's why I keep doing it. Something on the mic or something. Something is. Some hair is sticking out and it's tickling me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Every officer, every cop, all of those those Gestapo monkeys that they that that ripped people off the street. If somebody said to them, if their higher ranking officer said to them, "We're going into the streets of Portland tonight to," I'm sure they don't say illegally detain people. If you, what they'll say is. We're going to grab them. We will not read them their rights. We will pull their beanies over their heads. We will make sure they don't know where they're going. We're going to throw them in this unmarked van. And if anybody asks you to identify yourself, you remain mute. And if this were a functioning democratic republic, all of those police would say, "Um, excuse me. Commander, I'm sorry. I will not engage in this kind of Gestapo fascist anti-American tactic because I am a patriot. I believe in America. We all have to have that kind of agreement. Everybody has to be on board with a constitutionally limited democratic republic for it to work. That's why the Republicans and their paymasters and the right-wing Democrats keep us divided. They want us like this. They want idiots going into liquor stores screaming about uh, fascism. They're screaming Nazi at people wearing masks, at people who give a shit if their other, if their fellow Americans live or die. And saying and staying silent when actual Nazis run rampant through the streets, fascists, the Tiki Torch Parade. Now we have legitimate Gestapo forces under orders of the effing con man who received fewer votes running through the streets of an American city, kidnapping American citizens. This is an outrage. They should be outraged. All of those men who grabbed the American citizens off the street should be ashamed of themselves. They are the bad guys. They're the Nazis. In this story, they're not the good guys. They're not the um, band of brothers. They're not easy company storming the beaches of Normandy. This isn't... Uh, HBO, they are the bad guys. And history, if we get this country back from these fascist bastards and fix this country, history will remember them correctly, like that, just like that. So in a statement released Thursday, Acting Secretary of Homeland Security Chief Chad Wolf characterized the demonstrations as a siege against the city of Portland by a violent mob of anarchists painting graffiti on buildings. Each night, lawlessness and anarchists destroy and desecrate property, including the federal courthouse, and attack the brave law enforcement officers protecting it. Where's the the receipts there? Where's the video? I don't see the video, maybe. Uh, Even still, 
if that's the case, they have rights. If they are caught in the act of committing a van- of vandalizing a federal building, arrest them. Read them their rights. There is no reason to drive up in an unmarked van with your faces covered, with no identifying marks, and put a hood over somebody's head and take them away. That's not the way it's supposed to be. You're the bad guy in that situation. I don't care what those people are doing. But you see what Republicans do? You see what they're up to? As they destroy the country, as they wipe their ass with the Constitution. The demonstrations have been largely peaceful with standoffs between protesters and Portland police dressed in heavy riot gear. Last weekend, one of the federal officers shot a protester in the head in front of the federal courthouse, severely injuring him in an incident caught on video. Local and state officials have railed against the officer's presence, calling it a political stunt staged by Twitler. A peaceful protest in Portland, excuse me, a peaceful protester in Portland was shot in the head by one of Donald Trump's secret police. Now Trump and Chad Wolf are weaponizing the DHS after their own occupying army to provoke violence in the streets of my hometown because they think it plays well with the right-wing media, Senator Ron Wyden tweeted on Thursday. The state's other senator, Jeff Merkley, also a Democrat, likened the stunt to authoritarianism and said it must end with a tweet accompanying the video I just played. He wrote, Authoritarian governments, not democratic republics, send unmasked authorities after protesters. This, these bar Trump tactics designed to eliminate any accountability are absolutely unacceptable in America and must end. In a statement issued on Friday, Oregon Governor Kate Brown, a Democrat, called the detentions political theater from Twitler, well, she said President Trump, but that have nothing to do with public safety. The president is failing to lead this nation. Now he's deploying federal officers to patrol the streets of Portland in a blatant abuse of power by the federal government, Brown said. Mike Reese, sheriff of Mulnow County, I don't know, Mul. how do you pronounce that? Mult? I know that's annoying, sorry. Contains, which contains Portland, declined to meet with Wolf when he visited the city on Thursday, citing the acting official's divisive comment. We believed that this was intended to be a thoughtful, honest, and open discussion, but following statements made by, made by Secretary Wolf, it became clear that law enforcement in the city of Portland was becoming highly politicized, and for that reason, Sheriff Reese declined to meet with Secretary Wolf. The ACLU has threatened legal action on Friday in response to what is called uninvited and unwelcome federal officers. Usually when we see people in marked cars forcibly grab someone off the street, we call it kidnapping. What is happening now in Portland should concern everyone in the United States, and it should, except it doesn't. It doesn't concern the fascists. It doesn't concern their useless idiots. It doesn't concern the Karen in the liquor store 
She's more concerned about the so-called Nazis roaming around with masks because they, they're wearing masks because they want to not kill anybody, not kill their fellow Americans. They have community spirit. They have the feeling of patriotism. She has nothing to say about the ones wearing a mask to kidnap people off the streets for no reason. The hypocrisy is beyond comprehension with Republicans. That's why, what do I say all the time? In every Republican chest beats the heart of fascism. I tell you again, here it is. Here is the proof. Yet again, I've been saying it for years. I wish I was wrong, but I'm not. They're not, that's why you have to continuously foster and educate, foster a community, educate young people about what it takes to have a functioning democracy, a democratic republic, a constitutionally limited democratic republic. You have to all agree on what, what it means, what that is, that no, it's not okay. That's not America grabbing people off the streets. It's also not America when a con man who receives fewer votes gets to squat in the White House. But yes, I guess that is very American because all throughout history, it's always been the Republicans who get to receive fewer votes but still maintain and grab power illegitimately. And what are we going to do about it? We're going to keep on taking it, I guess? How much longer? Okay. We got another caller on the phone. Wendy. Hello, Wendy. Are you still there? I'm still here. Got dropped the first time, but I'm ah, back with a okay. vengeance. <laughs> Good. That's how you got to do it. You can't give up. You just got to keep going forward and do it anyway. Thank you for... Not getting deterred and th- and calling back. We have Wendy on the phone. You said it says you want to talk about increasing racism towards, uh, particularly towards Asians. So, yeah, yeah. But on the first note, I'm an old codger who listens to you. When I was a child, my father, who was stationed in Germany, took me to a place called the People's Republic of East Germany. Mm, mm-hmm. He wanted me to know why we are American. Mm, 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 mm. I'm Lithuanian. My family's Lithuanian. He says, this is why my parents, your grandparents and great-grandparents came here. The Mm. Black Marias would come in the middle of the night. They would take people. They would never be seen again. That's right. You think that this can't happen here, but it suddenly wasn't like, oh, poof, we're fascists. That's right. We shall haul people off. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It doesn't happen that way. Right. Right. So just please take that with a note of caution. It's true. Anyone who's listening right now. Right. Absolutely. And absolutely. (laughs) So if you, if you didn't get to see East Germany, my goodness, it was a fun place. Um, (laughs) And talk about papers, please. But people are doing that now in America. That's right. Show me your ID. Yep. Why are you here? Yep. You know, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It's true. But what I found is just, I had this, yeah, I had this weird experience kind of along the same lines. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in a mixed-race family, mm-hmm. and I have friends from all over the board, but I am from Oakland, and this happens. Um, I've had two friends personally say, oh, people walked up to them saying, take your ass back to your country and take the virus with you. Oh, God. I've read multiple accounts today, including on Status Quo with Jordan Cheriton, about how people are being harassed 
simply because they look wrong. And this didn't start yesterday. This started 2016. Again, I'm from mixed race family where someone told my nephew, I'm so glad Trump got elected. He's a child now. He's in elementary school so that he sends you beep back to Africa where you belong. Oh, my God. A child said that? That child, yes, yes. A child did not learn that from watching Sesame Street. Holy shit. That's his his father and mother, his parents, his family. That's where he learned. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And people now, I'm I'm deeply troubled because America has never not been racist. Right. But now it's so overt. Yes. And people feel they can do this with impunity. Yep. That's it. You know, because they know the president faces no consequences. Exactly. The Congress faces no consequences. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I don't know, it was a bit overwhelming. I said, I'm going through a family situation again right now. And I was like, on top of that, to hear some, you know, one of my friends called me and says, oh, get your ass back to China and take the virus. I'm like, well, first of all, you're Filipino. So I'm what? not sure where you think. And, and yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I was like, so I don't know where you think you're going to go with this stuff, but hey, I, I, I'm just, I am so, not only am I kind of at the end of my rope with this, but I'm at a loss. Like, how do you, how do you get people to understand, you know? Right. Uh, Well, that's why. And the whole thing like, oh, well, this is America. We, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. this is America. We speak English. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Sayate. Unbelievable. Don't translate that. It's very bad. I apologize. <laughs> it's to okay. Spanish is oh, right all right. Now. Right. <laughs> no, right. But it's like just, that Michael. That's what was hanging there. Well, thank you for calling. But it was. it's like that Michael Lofthouse guy who, who had the nerve. I don't know if you saw. He harassed an Asian family. They were at a restaurant celebrating their aunt's birthday. Yeah. They are American citizens. They're sitting there. Wishing their aunt happy birthday, and this grinning evil goon is staring at them with the eyes of death. And then he starts calling them Asian scum. Trump's gonna fuck you. This is what he's saying to them, and they get it on video. And he he continues harassing them. And then, of course, she posted it. I'm sure you've seen it. But then he's like, "Oh, I have to." He ended up losing his job or resigning, and then. He was like, oh, I need to really. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I need to look at myself. What? What the hell? A little late, honey. What would make somebody think that that's an appropriate way to behave? To sit in a restaurant harassing an entire family of people as if they are nothing. Ruining them. Ruining their, their night. Ruining the birthday interjecting your filthy, ugly self into their event. And it's, it's, all, yeah. it's beyond shocking. Because that is a traumatizing this, event. It is. You don't feel safe after that. And this is what gets me. Yeah, what gets me about the whole thing is that it's so money and a lack of melanin confers certain rights right. or privileges upon really. you. Right. And like, yeah, and I'm from this area, so that guy was a big story. And also those stew. Martinez, California is a very diverse area. Mm -hmm. Those two stupid yokels felt privileged to walk out in the middle of the street and paint over a Black Lives Matter mural. God. And they're like, yeah, go ahead, do something about that. Hello, if it was a black person even putting hi mom on a wall, (laughs) they would have gotten busted for vandalism. Oh, forget it. They'd be dead. They'd be, (laughs) they'd have uh, the cops with the knees on their neck and they'd be dead. So it's, uh, there's always the white privilege and he's like oh there's no 
racism. That's a that's a myth. That's a hoax. There's no because he doesn't experience it. Well, why would you? You're a white asshole who votes for the uh, somebody who is constantly complaining. King bigot. Yeah, how unfair everything is. Whenever that we are ever in danger of his crimes catching up to him, oh, it's so unfair, right? I, I, having everything handed to mm-hmm. him, never working a day in his life, being as inept, ugly, small, racist, getting away with all his crimes, just like in Mary Trump's book details. That's the the monster that we created. He is really the monster of white privilege. That is Trump. To a to a goddamn T, because he failed incessantly, but upwards every single time. His if that was anybody else, if that was a a person who wasn't white, their their failure. He wouldn't. I mean, at least it would never have happened. It's because he's white and he had everything handed to him. And, and the media played along, and all and the banks played along. And here we are, some white baboon squatting in the White House, (laughs) despite receiving fewer votes, complaining how unfair everything is. Yeah, it is unfair, but not in the way he thinks it is. It's unfair for for the rest of us. That's why I constantly ask, how much longer are we going to take it? I really hope that... Well, you know... Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, the same person would have – the same thing would have happened. You and I both noticed someone from Harlem or West Oakland, if their father had given them a paltry million-dollar groan <laughs> right. and then bailed them out every single time they fell on their face because they couldn't manage a two-car funeral. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, this is 100% true. Yeah, and this is the thing. I'm with you. The media won't call this out. They won't no. come around and say, okay, you know what? The president is a racist. Yep. And he's he's – he's, I said he's king bigot of scumbag mountain mm-hmm. and the fact of the matter is you know we need to look at this and and i know people take issue with the thing white privilege i'm like white privilege doesn't mean we're all born rich okay right. we're in the middle of the appalachian mm-hmm. so hi y'all i'm right. from the appalachian right um but it means that you know you're you're not going to get thrown face first on the concrete that's it and have exactly. someone kneel on your neck if you pass a bad 20 dollar bill that's right you know you're you're not going to get you know it's not going to assume that you're clearly selling drugs if you're in a white neighborhood right. like you know my sister is uh-huh. <laughs> in the middle of the night. So, yeah that's that's white privilege you never think about it that's right you know, we got stopped visiting my sister's house white privilege says you can search my car, but you're going to come back with a warrant, and I'm going to talk <sighs> to my lawyer in the right. meantime. Well, I'll just hang out here like we're buds. That's right. A black person could not have gotten away with that. No way. Stunt, but we did. It's yeah. true. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, you're you're here in the wrong neighborhood. Oh, that's the other thing. It's like, yeah, you're white in the wrong neighborhood after dark. Clearly, you're buying drugs. They're right. whoring out white. Absolutely. No, son, we're here for a baby <laughs> shower. But since I'm white, I can say, come back with a search warrant. The heaviest right. I have in here is an aspirin, but, you know. <laughs> it's true. And you're not going to, you're not afraid that you're going to get shot. And you can wear a hoodie yeah. walking down the street. And, you know, you can walk in a strange neighborhood, a white neighborhood with a hoodie and a bag of Skittles without being stalked and murdered by uh, um, some asshole oh, exactly. in the in the neighborhood watch. So uh, who becomes a hero? And oh my god, I I because I saw him recently. That guy's appalling. Yeah, he's they're vile. Oh, he, he's been going around to these gun shows, this the George Zimmerman, and autographing bags of Skittles. 
He's a pig. And I, I love pigs. I hate Republicans and, and conservatives. Uh, These are clean, smart, and intelligent. Yes. George Thurman. Exactly. So I can't, uh, I hate, I gotta, we call, I guess I really have to get into the habit of calling them the scum of, of the scum of the cancer on the tumor of the, you know what I mean? Like how we, however it call was. Them the corn and the turds of the universe. <laughs> well, that's, that's even, I mean, too good, really. It's there. They are the vi. I don't know what it is. They they serve no purpose. Somebody who is that shameless, that ugly, who kills a young person, murders that person, ends their life. That's your most precious possession. Every insect love that when you go. What happens when you go to smash an insect down? This is why I don't eat meat, and I. why I think about uh, how I try not to kill as many bugs as I, you know what I mean? I don't just kill bugs because they yeah. all love their life. When you go to smash down a bug, if you have, there's a bug, I try to rescue it. I have a humane bug catcher, but that's because they will run for their life. You know what I mean? Even the most ugly mm-hmm. bugs and the most vile critters i understand that people they start asking me what about bed bugs what about of course yes i i have an exterminator come to the house i have wrap the mattress and throw it out well that's what i (laughs) i mean i never had to deal with that thankfully but i would i mean Mm -hmm. i we have i live in a co-op there's an exterminator that comes of course i i try to avoid killing as much as i can Anyway, that's the point. Because the whole thing is they that's their life. So, okay, I don't want to take a life if I can avoid it. And then you have this disgusting George Zimmerman who has absolutely no remorse. Do you know what I mean? That he that he is yeah. such an ugly waste of human DNA that he is signing skittles bags for people who are requesting them. What is so, what is well, that to celebrate? I think what really makes him the rotten cherry on the turd cake with that one is that he is he's making money. Right. He's making money. Right. He gets paid for those appearances. Right. Off of the right. death of another human being. Right. That's right. I, I mean, seriously, you have to be morally bankrupt, and I'm trying yeah. to even think of a term. Maybe you can come up with one that, that would allow you, to, in good conscience, or to sleep well at night, making money off right. the death of I another know. human being. Right. And isn't there I, a I law against that. that? And that's the whole thing. These these so-called law and order Republicans, yeah. they have laws where a, a criminal is not supposed to be able to profit off of their crime, but he can. They they feel, well, of course, he was acquitted, right? So they feel he's justified. He's their hero. Even if he wasn't acquitted, they would call him a victim. And he would go right along with it. He, in their eyes, he is a victim. He's a, I mean, he's a hero to them. Even that they invite him to a, a guy who killed a young person uh, who was doing nothing but walking home after going to the store and buying some Skittles. It's so disgusting. And that's where we live with that kind of behavior is is glorified by these ugly people who are also screaming out things like all lives matter. You know what I mean? All lives matter. Like those two assholes who painted over the black lives matter. That's what they were saying. All lives matter. All lives matter. If only really, if only all lives matter. 
We wouldn't have to, we wouldn't be in this position. All, all lives matter. That's how we need to put every life on par with ours. Right. And, right. you know, I would exhort your listeners tonight to just remind the press, call these people what they are. Mm-hmm. I understand corporations are paying you to whitewash this right. phenomenon. Mm-hmm. However, if you don't call bigotry bigotry, if you do not call racism racism, right. if we do not call fascism fascism, it's all hanging out there pink and naked for us to see. Right. We can avert our eyes or we can look at the situation and call it what mm-hmm. it is or mm-hmm. this will continue. Right, right. That's it. Ugh. And That's all I can say about that. That's intelligent. Right. Well, you thank you. It's, you said uh, it very well. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you for calling. Yeah. I really appreciate it. I yeah, re- appreciate you and yes, and all of your yeah, support. Keep holding the media accountable. Yeah, that's thank what you. we're trying. We're trying. All right. all right, I'll talk to you soon. All right, bye bye. All right, bye. Yes, um, what Wendy was talking about—that uh, young, that child—that said to, I think, uh, her nephew or someone, a young, another young person that. Uh, he was um, saying something about how now it's escaping my mind how but it reminded me of a story and in the famous book they thought they were free by Milton Mayer who went to Nazi Germany after World War II to interview he was an anthropologist he went to interview the the Germans how could this democratic society well this democratic republic society um, turned from uh, a modern civilization and an open, welcoming, m- m- vibrant, artistic, cultural beacon of the world turn into the d- the screaming, ugly, the, the you know pure evil, absolute evil. And in Milton Mayer's book, he writes. I'm just gonna read it a little bit. Okay. You see, my colleague went on, one doesn't have to see exactly where or how to move. Believe me. This is how he's talking about the country turning fascist. Each act, each occasion is worse than the last, but only a little worse. You wait for the next and the next. You wait for one great shocking occasion, thinking that the others, when such shock comes will join you in resisting somehow you don't want to act or even talk alone you don't want to go out of your way to make trouble why not well you're afraid uh you're you're not in the habit of doing it and and it's not just fear fear of standing alone that restrains you it's also a genuine uncertainty so that's why i'm saying yeah it's happening you're seeing it Bill Barr attacking peaceful protesters so the fascist-in-chief can go take a bizarre photo holding a Bible in front of a church. The lying, serial-bankrupt liar, serial liar, as Bill Barr covers his tracks, all of his crimes 
in the veneer of legal legitimacy. So Milton Mayer interviewing his this good German, it, they continue, uncertainty is a very important factor. And instead of decreasing as, it, as time goes on, it grows. Outside in the streets, in the community, everyone is happy. One hears no protest and certainly sees none. You know, in France or Italy, there would be slogans against the government painted on the walls and fences. In Germany, outside the great cities, perhaps there's not even this. In the university community, in your own community, you speak privately with your colleagues, some of whom certainly feel as you do. But what do they say? They say, it's not so bad. You're seeing things. You're an alarmist. And you are an alarmist. You are saying that this must lead to this, and you can't prove it. These are the beginnings, yes, but how do you know? For sure, when you don't know the end. And how do you know, or even surmise the end? In the one hand, your enemies, the law, the regime, the party, intimidate you. On the other, your colleagues poo-poo you as pessimistic or even neurotic. You're left with your close friends who are naturally people who have always thought as you have, but your friends are fewer and fewer now. Some have drifted off somewhere or submerged themselves in their work. You no longer see them as you did at meetings or gatherings. Informal groups become smaller and tendons drops a little. Organizations and the organizations themselves wither. Now in small gatherings of your oldest friends, you feel like you are talking to yourselves and you're isolated from the reality of things. This weakens your confidence still further and it serves as a deterrent to what? It is clearer all the time that if you are going to do something, you must make an occasion to do it. And then you are obviously being a troublemaker. So you wait and you wait. But... The one great shocking occasion where tens or hundreds or thousands will join you never comes. That's the difficulty. If the last and the worst act of the whole regime had come immediately after the first, smallest, thousands, yes, millions would have been sufficiently shocked. If, let's say, the gassing of the Jews in 43 had come immediately after the German firm stickers on the windows of the non-Jewish shops in 33. But of course, this isn't the way it happens. In between come all the hundreds of little steps, some of them imperceptible, each of them preparing you not to be shocked by the next. Step C is only just a little worse than step B, and if you didn't make a stand at step B, why should you make a stand at step C? And so on and so on to step D. And then one day, too late, your principles, if you ever were sensible of them, all rush in upon you. The burden of self-deception has grown too heavy. And some minor incident... And this is what brings me to Wendy's story about that young person calling her nephew or uh, another child, a racial slur, saying that Trump is going to get rid of you? That's some minor incident. In my case, my little boy, hardly more than a baby, saying Jewish swine, collapses 
it all at once and you see that everything has changed and changed completely under your nose. The world in which you live in, your nation, your people is not the world you were born into. All the forms are there, all untouched, all reassuring, the houses, the shops, the jobs, the mealtimes, the visits, the concerts, the cinema, the holiday, but the spirit, which you never noticed because you made the lifelong mistake of identifying it with the forms, is changed. Now you live in a world of hate and fear, and the people who hate and fear don't not they don't even know it themselves when everyone is transformed no one is transformed and now you live in a system which rules without responsibility even to god the system itself could not have intended this in the beginning but in order to sustain itself it was compelled to go all the way and you have gone almost all the way yourself life is a continuing process a flow not a succession of acts and events. It has flowed to a new level, carrying you with it, without any effort on your part. On this new level, you live. You have been living more comfortably there every day, with new morals, new principles. You have accepted things you would never have accepted five years ago, a year ago, things that your father, even in Germany, couldn't have imagined. Suddenly it all comes down at once. You see what you are and what you have done, or more accurately, what you haven't done. For this was all that was required of most of us, that we do nothing. You remember those early meetings in your department in the university when if you had stood, the others would have stood, perhaps. But no one stood. A small matter a matter of hiring this man or that man. You had hired this one rather than that. You remember everything now, and your heart breaks too late, and you are compromised beyond repair. What then? You must shoot yourself, a few did, or adjust your principles. Many tried, and some, I suppose, succeeded. Not I, however... I learned to live the rest of your life with the shame. The last is the nearest there is, under the circumstances, to heroism, shame. Many Germans became this poor kid, this poor kind of hero, many more, I think, than the world knows or cares to know. I said nothing. I thought of nothing to say. I can tell you, my colleague went on, of a man in Leipzig, a judge. He wasn't a Nazi, except nominally, but he certainly wasn't anti-Nazi, you know. He was just a judge. In 42 or 43, early 43, I think it was, a a Jew was tried before him in a case involving, but only incidentally, relations with an Aryan woman. This was a race injury case, quote-unquote, something the party was especially anxious to punish. In the case at the bar, however, the judge had the power to convict the man of of a non-racial offense and send him to an ordinary prison for a very long term. 
thus saving him from the party, processing which would have meant a concentration camp, or more probably deportation and death. But the man was innocent of the non-racial charge, in the judge's opinion, and so, as an honorable judge, he acquitted him. Of course, the party seized the Jew as soon as he left the courtroom. And the judge? Yes, the judge, he couldn't get the case off his conscience. In which, uh, the case, mind you, in which he had acquitted an innocent man. He thought that he could have convicted him and saved him from the party, but how could he have convicted an innocent man? The things preyed on him more and more, and he had to talk about it, first to his family, then to his friends, and then to acquaintances. That's how I heard about it. After the 44 putsch, they arrested him. And after that, I don't know, I said nothing. Once the war began, my colleague continued, resistance, protests, criticism, complaint, all carried with them multiple likelihoods of the greatest punishment. A mere lack of enthusiasm, a failure to show it in public, was defeatism. You assume that there were lists of those who would be dealt with later after the victory. Goebbels was very clear and clever here. He continuously promised a victory orgy to take care of those who thought that their treasonable attitude had escaped notice. And he meant it. That wasn't just propaganda. And that was enough to put an end to all of our uncertainty. Well, once the let's just finish the last paragraph here. Once the war began, the government couldn't do anything necessary to win it. So it was with the final solution of the Jewish problem, which the Nazis always talked about but never dared undertake. Not even the Nazis, until the war and its necessities gave them the knowledge that they could get away with it. The people abroad who thought the war against Hitler would help Jews were wrong. And the people in Germany, who once the war had begun, still thought of complaining, protesting, resisting, were betting on Germany losing the war. It was a long bet. And not many made it. So that's how a nation is transformed and of course what do you think when we have young people as Wendy detailed for no reason other than that he's hearing this from his community from the adults who are teaching him to be racist if you don't think that that that's a transformation of society and that we're not riding this very thin line. Thi well, really, we're on thin ice, more, more appropriately. Judges being packed into courts that have absolutely no business being there except that they are loyalists. All of these things that we point out here on the show. It's not an illusion. They're actually doing this. And now, in between the clown show, we have 
unidentified Gestapo on the street. In between, and mixed in with the, all the racism. It didn't happen overnight. I and I always contend that the fact that we are here, we could go back in time. It started when the American people accepted the decision of the Supreme Court and Bush v. Gore to stop counting the votes. We went back to work. Oh well. He didn't Bush Bush didn't win. The Supreme Court count they told the people of Florida too bad. We will not count your votes. We should have all stopped this country. The entire country should have come to a halt. That's how you tell the elites that we're in control, not them. But that's why they have us divided. And now they're exploiting the fissures of disunity, just like Henry Wallace warned us about. Do I have to read Henry Wallace's fascism article again? Maybe. Okay, let's do it. And you tell me if fascism hasn't come to America. 1944, while we're still at war with fascists throughout the world, while Herbert Goldman, who died at age 20, we spoke about him this this week. Now, First Lieutenant Inzarelli lying, I don't know, less than a mile away from here. Another young man, age 22, in his cold early grave, fighting the same kind of people that Donald Trump admires. The same tactics that they inflicted on their people, the people that Trump, he thinks, they're strong. This is what he's bringing here. All those young men gave their lives fighting people like Twitler and today's Republican Party. Henry Wallace wrote an article in the New York Times in 1944 while the war was still going on. Henry Wallace was FDR's vice president from 41 to 45. What's this? Conservative Party leaders defeated his renomination bid in 44, replacing him on the Democratic ticket with Harry S. Truman. Wallace would later unsuccessfully challenge Truman in 1948. Henry Wallace was a real progressive. He was a liberal. He was a normal person. He believed in the New Deal and the American working class. Unions. We're in this together. He believed that organized money is just as dangerous as organized mob. He knew that corporations taking over government is uh, fascism with the mili- militarism, with a strong man at the top. Big business loves fascism. It keeps people in their place. And you don't stand up to a fascist regime because then you go to a labor camp. And business loves that. They get free labor. They get slave labor out of it. So... 
And so who stands up? Unions are abolished because it's all about the, the unholy dollar. You can't get together and demand a fair wage for the, lab- the, for the profits, a share of the profits your labor makes possible. No way. So Henry Wallace wrote in 1944 in the New York Times, a fascist, well, here the, the question was posed, what is an American fascist and what danger do they pose? A fascist is one whose lust for money and power is combined with such an intensity of intolerance towards those other races, parties, classes, religions, cultures, regions, or nations as to make him ruthless in the use, in his use of deceit or violence to attain his ends. What the hell? Were we reading Trump's diary? Or Mitch McConnell's diary? That's what it sounds like. Henry Wallace wrote this article, and it's like a blueprint. It's like he saw the future or something. The supreme god of the fascist is... Uh, to which his ends are directed may be money or power, it may be a race or a class, may be a military, clique, or an economic group, or may be a culture, religion, or political party. The perfect type of fascist throughout recent centuries has been the Prussian Junker, who developed such hatred for other racist, races and such allegiance to a military clique as to make him willing at all times to engage in any degree of deceit and violence necessary to place his culture and race astride the world. In every big nation of the world are at least a few people who have the fascist temperament. Every Jew-baiter, every Catholic-hater is a fascist at heart. The hoodlums who have been desecrating churches could cathedrals and synagogues in some of our larger cities are ripe material for fascist leadership. And let's remember, we had American Nazis in the United States who had uh, marched down Fifth Avenue, had a big rally in Madison Square Garden draped with Nazi swastikas, stickers, U.S. and U.S. flags. All wrapped up in, you know, mom, apple pie, George Washington, the the Minutemen, or tricorder and hats, like the Tea Party. The obvious types of American fascists are dealt with on the air and in the press. These demagogues and stooges are fronts for others. Dangerous as these people may be, they are not so significant as thousands of other people who have never been mentioned. The really dangerous American fascists are not those who are hooked up directly or indirectly indirectly with the Axis. The FBI has its finger on those. The dangerous American fascist is the man who wants to do in the United States... Uh, do yes, do in the United States in the American way what Hitler did in Germany in the Prussian way. The American fascist would prefer not to use violence. His method is to poison the channels of public information. With a fascist, 
The problems never uh, is never how best to present the truth to a public, but how best to use the news to deceive the public into giving the fascist and his group more money and power. Hello? Why isn't this on every school child's uh, reading list? If we define an American fascist as one who, in case of conflict, put, puts money and power ahead of human beings, then there are undoubtedly several million fascists in the United States. There are probably several hundred thousand if we narrow down the definition to include only those who, in their search for money and power, are ruthless and deceitful. Wait, hold on. Something is going on. Am I getting like a thousand messages? Some keep hearing bing, beep, 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 beep. In my head, in my head. Okay. Let me read that again. <clears throat> if we define an American fascist as one who, in the case of conflict, puts money and power ahead of human beings, then there are are undoubtedly several million fascists in the United States. There are probably several hundred thousand if we narrow the definition to include only those who, in their search for money and power, are ruthless and deceitful. Most American fascists are enthusiastically supporting the war effort. They are doing this even though in those cases where they hope to have profitable connections with German chemical firms after the war ends. What the hell is going on? They are patriotic in time of war because it is to their interest to be so. But in time of peace, they follow power and the dollar wherever they may lead. American fascism will not be really dangerous until there is a purposeful coalition among the cartelists the deliberate, the, the deliberate poisoners of public information and those who stand for the KKK type of demagoguery. Oh, what the hell? You understand? that You hear this? Jesus Christ, what is going on? The European brand of fascism will probably present its most serious post-war threat to us via Latin America. I'm getting notified a thousand times. That's why I'm getting distracted. Let's fast forward a little bit. Because he's talking about things that are uh, relate to 1944, not really to now. So he's saying the fascists in Latin America learn to speak and act like natives. Our chemical and other manufacturing concerns are all too often ready to let Germans have Latin American markets, provided the American companies can work out an arrangement which will enable them to charge high prices to consumers inside the United States. You see, it's not about patriotism. They would get in bed with the mothers, uh, to, with to the th with the murderers of their own mothers, if they can cut some kind of 
advantageous advantageous deal for the elites. Fascism, Henry Wallace writes, is a worldwide disease. Its greatest threat to the United States will come after the war. Still another danger is represented by those paying lip service to democracy and the common welfare in their insatiable greed for money and power, which money gives, do not hesitate to surreptitiously evade the laws designed to safeguard the public from monopolistic extortion. Is this a psychic friend? No, it's the vice president of the United States warning the American people. Seeing the future. Jesus. Hi, Tara Jr. Jr. Yes. That's the cat hitting the microphone. Those on the podcast. Where am I? American fascists of this stamp were clandestinely aligned with their German counterparts before the war, like Prescott Bush, and are even now preparing to resume where they left off after the present unpleasantness ceases, quote-unquote. The symptoms of a fascist thinking they are colored by environment and adapted to immediate circumstances, but always and everywhere they can be identified by their appeal to prejudice and the desire to play upon the fears and vanities of different groups in order to gain power. It is no coincidence that the growth of modern tyrants has in every case been heralded by the growth of prejudice. Like Twitler. It may be shocking to some people in this country to realize that Without meaning to do so, they hold views in common with Hitler. Oh yeah, not shocking anymore. That's just called Tucker Carlson and Diamond and Silk and Tommy Lauren and Stephen Miller. That's, they're in the halls of power. They're right in the White House. Let me see. I lost my place. When they uh, withhold views in common with Hitler, when they preach discrimination against other religions, well, we hear, what does Pence say? Oh, nobody is more discriminated against ex- but as the Christians. This is what they say. They're, they're only 78% of the population, but everyone's picking on them. Well, that's a fascist tactic, too. Likewise, many people whose patriotism is their proudest boast play Hitler's game by retailing distrust of our allies and by giving currency to the snide suspicions without foundation in fact. Oh, like what? Democrat Party? Antifa? taking over, destroying our country. I mean, this is what Twitler completely peddles. Now, Democrats want to destroy, what? We want to destroy suburbs now, according to Twitler. 
if Joe Biden gets elected, there'll be no more suburbs. No one will be able to have windows. This is what he says. We won't have light bulbs. Liar. Filthy fascist liar. It's beyond belief that the the average run-of-the-mill Trump and Z, they're so attuned to everybody else's lie, supposedly, like Dr. Fauci. He's lying when he tells you to wear a mask, but they believe the con man, who's not... Oh, he's not lying. He's really making America great. You know why they believe him? It's because they are already racists. And he is engaging in confirmation bias. So he's telling them what they want to hear, what they already believe. They're easily manipulated. That's why racists, racists are the old, they're, they're dupes. They're useful idiots. Because they are easily played by any con man. He's just throwing right uh, the same thing right back at them that they already believe. He's not, you know, telling them something that they don't think they already know. That, and that's why they think they're, they understand. They're really in tune. Everybody else is lying to them. All those telling the truth, except the bodies keep piling up and the rich keep getting richer and the working class keep getting more working poor. Well, we can't get much more working poor when 80% of the American people are living check to check. This is exactly what FDR warned us about. There can be no lasting peace with this kind of economic disparity upward immobility, and, of course, they f- sow the fissures of disunity, racism, and now we have Gestapos running through the street, disappearing people who stand up and say, we're not taking it. You know why? That's the telltale sign that what we're doing is exactly what we need to do. So we better keep doing it. Otherwise, we've we've already lost. That's a heartening thing, really. Think about it. The Black Lives Matter movement is not slowing down. There are protesters still in the streets. Despite some of us being grabbed by the Gestapo. So, God help us if it ever stops, if we ever, if we ever not, if we ever stop pushing. If we, well, that's what Republicans, that's why you would never see a Trump and Z rally. These idiots will show up with assault weapons and they will storm government buildings. They're traitors to the country, just like the traitors who pull their strings. And that's why you will never see those traitors getting disappeared because they're all on the same side. They're on the side of the elites, the business, the organized money that Henry Wallace is talking about, the American fascists. And he continues, the American fascists are most easily recognized by their deliberate perversion of truth and fact. 
their newspapers and propaganda carefully cultivate every fissure of disunity, every crack in the common front against fascism. They use every opportunity to impugn democracy. They use isolationism as a slogan to conceal their own selfish imperialism. That's exactly what Trump is doing. America first. America alone. America f- America for <laughs> the elites. No, you know, hey. They cultivate hate and distrust. They claim to be super patriots, but they would destroy every liberty guaranteed by the Constitution, as we see on the streets of Portland. They demand free enterprise, but are the spokesmen for monopoly and vested interests. Of course they are. Every egregious assault against the working class in this country, concentrated money, concentrated wealth, they claim to be super patriots. They demand free enterprise, but are the spokesmen for monopoly and invested interests. Yes, that's what they say. Oh, freedom, that's America. When you try to regulate corporations to stop being fascist, to stop being anti-American, to, to, to ensure that the American people have a seat at the table, a decent middle-class life, have a functioning democracy get a share of the profit their labor makes possible. They scream, oh, this is not America. But what they're doing is, as Henry Wallace details, they demand free enterprise, but are the spokesmen for monopoly invested interests. Their final objective, which all their deceit is directed, is to capture political power so that they... The, the power of the state, so that using the power of the state and the power of the market simultaneously, they may keep the common man in eternal subjection. It sounds like ri- uh, written right here on Tarabuster out of some Antifa blog. No, that's the vice president. Several leaders of industry in this country who have gained a new vision in the meaning of opportunity through cooperation with government have warned the public openly that there are some selfish groups in industry who are willing to jeopardize the structure of American liberty to gain some temporary advantage. We all know the part that the cartels played in bringing Hitler to power and the rule of the giant German trusts have played in the Nazi conquests. Monopolists who fear competition and who distrust democracy because it stands for equality, for equal opportunity, would like to secure their position against small and energetic enterprise. See, as I say all the time, Republicans, oh, the end conservatives, these are fascists. Even if they have a D after their name, they are supposed to be such great um, businessmen and women, but they can't make a buck unless they can rig the game. And, and that's what he's stay, saying right here. 
monopolists who fear competition and who distrust democracy. They distrust regulation. Having a country that works for all, you have to regulate that from these fascists because it stands for equal opportunity, would like to secure their position against small and energetic enterprise in an effort to eliminate the possibility of every rival or any rival growing up some monopolists would sacrifice democracy itself. Some. It has been claimed at times that our modern age of technology facilitates dictatorship. What we must understand is that the industries, processes, and inventions, and, and yes, inventions created by modern science can either be used su to subjugate or to liberate. The choice is up to us. The myth of fascist I can't say that word. I can never pronounce that word. Efficacy. Or, wait, efficiency. I'm sorry, I pronounced it wrong. The myth of fascist efficiency has deluded many people. <clears throat> it was Mussolini's vaunted claim that he made the trains run on time. In the end, however, he brought the Italian people impoverishment and defeat. It was Hitler's claim that he eliminated all unemployment in Germany. Neither is there unemployment in a prison camp. Democracy to crush fascism internally must demonstrate its capacity to make the trains run on time. Exactly. That's why we want a country that works for all. This is why Republicans, when they, what, what did Susan say when Reagan said the nine most dangerous words in the English language is I'm from the government and I'm here to help? Everyone should have said, how dare you? That's the government that all the men stormed the beach in Normandy that sacrificed their lives to save us from the kind of government that Republicans all laud and attempt to inflict on this country. <sighs> it's true. That's why I, I say we have a duty. This is a patriotic imperative to have a functioning democracy that works for all, and that means no one left behind Everybody in, nobody out. We should be embarrassed that millions die without health care. That's not democracy. We should be embarrassed that we have some schools that don't have proper supplies because they are living in poor neighborhoods. We should be embarrassed that there are poor neighborhoods. We don't have to live like this. This is a choice that they make to, that they inflicted on us and claimed to, and we bought into the ruse, the gaslighting, that it's just the way it is. It must develop, he's talking about democracy, to keep people fully employed and at the same time balance the budget it must put human beings first and dollars second. It must appeal to reason and decency, not to violence and deceit. We must, must not tolerate oppressive government or industrial oligarchy, 
in the form of monopolies or cartels, as long as scientific research and inventive ingenuity outran our ability to devise social mechanisms to raise the standard of livings of all people, we may expect the liberal potential of the United States to increase. If this liberal potential is properly channeled, we may expect the area of freedom in the United States to increase. The problem is to spend up our rate of social invention in the service of the welfare of all the people. I mean, that's goddamn communism, though. That's not America. If you said this on MSNBC to Donnie Deutsch, he'd scream at you, that's not America. Somebody should do that. Get on there and say, say this and see how he acts. And say, well, I'm sorry, that's the vice president of the United States, Henry Wallace, and you're not America. You're a disgrace. The worldwide age-long struggle between fascism and democracy will not stop when the fighting ends in Germany and Japan. Democracy can win the peace only if it does two things. Speeds up the rate of political and economic inventions so that both production and especially distribution can match in their power and the practical effect on the daily life of the common man. The immense and growing volume of scientific research, mechanical invention, and management technique vilifies with the greatest intensity the spiritual process which processes which are both the foundation and the very essence of democracy. The moral and spiritual aspects of both personal and international relationships having a practical bearing which so-called practical men deny. This dullness of vision regarding the importance of the general welfare to the individual is the measure of the failure of our schools and churches to teach the spiritual significance of genuine democracy. This is like right out of the Communist Manifesto. Until democracy is ineffective, enthusiastic action fills the vacuum created by the power of modern inventions, we may expect the fascists to increase in power after the war, both in the United States and in the world. And where are we living? Right in Henry Wallace's prophecy. Fascism in the post-war inevitably will push steadily for for Anglo-Saxon imperialism and eventually for war with Russia. Uh, Already American fascists are talking and writing about this conflict and using it as an excuse for their eternal hatreds and intolerances towards races, certain races, creeds, and classes. It should also be evident, well, and then we went into the Cold War, right? It should also be evident that exhibitions of the native brand of fascism are not confined to any single section, class, or religion. Happily, it can be said that, as yet, fascism has not captured a predominant place in the outlook of any American section, class, or religion. Unfortunately, Henry Wallace... uh, if he came back to see where we're up against now, 
he would be rather uh sad. It may be encountered in Wall Street, Main Street, or Tobacco Road. Some even suspect that they can detect incipient traces of it along the Potem- Potomac. Of course! Incipient traces, now it's squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes. It is an infectious disease, and we must all be on guard against intolerance, bigotry, and the pretension of individual distinction. But if we put our trust in the common sense of the common man, and with malice towards none and charity for all, go forward on the great adventure of making a political, economic, and social democracy a practical reality, we shall not fail. Vice President Henry Wallace, 1944, The New York Times. And that's exactly what we talk about on this show all the time. If we go forward, if we put our trust in the common sense of the common man and woman with malice towards none and charity for all, that's the country we deserve to live in. That's the higher ideal of what it means to be an American. E pluribus unum in action Go forward on the great adventure of making political, economic, and social democracy a practical reality, which means everybody in, nobody out. We're in this together. We can do it. We shall not fail. And that's what has to be done. We know what we have to do. We have to push these policies, policies that work for all. We can't accept policies that are subsidies for some. Some people get a subsidy to get health care. No, everybody in, nobody out. We have enough. We All you got to do is enact progressive taxation. All you got to do is regulate the rich and reinstate the top marginal tax rates and reinstate the estate tax and refocus government. It's not just to make the rich richer. There's more here. There's winning a lasting peace. Healing this country. Jesus. Thank you. I'm looking at, let's see, who's here? Thank you, Shannon. Let's thank everybody for the super chats. Jim and Deborah. Shannon, Haiku, Jim again. Thank you, Jim. And Haiku again. Mamma mia. Richard, thank you so much. And Malcolm, thank you for your super chats. These will keep the show going. And please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin so we can get this word out. Keep spreading the actual, the solutions. It's not like I made them up. We, it's common sense. It is common sense. It's like Thomas Paine's common sense. Everybody in, nobody out. We leave no one behind. And also, you can, what else? Go on our Discord page, become a member on Discord. What time is it? 
There's so much else to talk about, but we will continue the show tomorrow. I'm losing my voice. This was uh, a fun show for me. It was really fun talking to you guys, and I'm really glad that everybody called, all the callers that we had. Are there anybody else on the phone? Oh, no. See, I didn't want to leave anybody hanging. I'm going to drop the phone right now. We will drop the connection. But, yeah, that was great. We got to do that more often. Let's see. On the chat. On the Facebook chat, I see Tony says, please read Stephanie Kelton's book, The Deficit Myth. It illustrates the real reasons why we can't seem to ever have nice things. Democrats are in on it because they fear monger about the deficit as well. Okay, I'll check it out. That's the truth. This is why on this show and the real liberal media, we call out the Democrats too. We have to. We didn't get here because one side was able to uh, inflict Henry Wallace's fevered dream, his warning on us. Jesus Christ. We got here because they enabled it too. When you had Reagan saying the nine most dangerous words are armed from the government and I'm here to help. Somebody should have got up and smacked him across the face. But then you get Bill Clinton echoing that shit. The age of big government is over? Shut up. That means the age of oligarchy has begun. The age of the rich lording over the American people. Just like the intergenerational monarchy ruled the, the, the peons for millennia this, in the system that the founders rebelled against. So what are you talking about? The age of big government is over. Big government, government is us. We're the ones we get together in government and say, I'm sorry, Jeff Bezos, you could be rich. You could even be buku rich. But you cannot be so rich that you, to the detriment of the United States, of the government, that all of our relatives, well, not all of ours, that many of our relatives, that people, like, I wore the uniform, I never did much, though. I still did it, though. But not, I didn't do anything close to what Lieutenant Inzarelli did, or Private First Class Goldman, they gave their life, their last measure of devotion. And to honor them, we have a goddamn duty. What are you talking about? They died for the government that the founders entrusted to us of by and for the people. Ah. <sighs> So we are here to reclaim, reclaim the mantle of patriotism, and we will. If we continue to grow, I ask you, I, I say it all the time, it is true, you understand this, we won't be able to have a country that works for all unless we have, we own the, uh, 
the conversation. We have shows like this. That's why the first thing that any authoritarian government does is they suppress free speech. They take over the media. They take over the means of communication. This is why we have a corporate media that, what are they talking about? How everybody loves their private health insurance. That's one thing that drives me insane. That's bullshit. You know that. So we're talking about the real democratic, e pluribus unum, small d democratic, the real policies that will help heal this country, too. That's how we start healing racism as well. We have to start looking at each other as not, oh, black America, white America, as, as America. And how you do that is that you have policies that work for all. Across everybody's in. Nobody's out. We're in it together. You get a good school. I get a good school. Regardless of the neighborhood. Because we value each other. I know that that's the way it has to be in the future. I wish I could just transport myself there. But we have a, a lot of work to do. I guess that's why I was born now. And my mother, my grandmother came here from Ireland. Jesus Christ, Granny, what were you thinking? All right, guys, you're great. Susha, thank you for your super chat. Another super chat from Haiku. Holy moly. Where is the Discord? Come join us on Discord. Guys, in the description, where's the Discord? Also, order Greg Palast's How Trump Stole 2020. What else? What else? Become a patron at patreon.com slash and Please share the show with your friends. Tell your friends. The goal is to have a daily show at a set time. So we need more. We need about a thousand more patrons. And then we'll be able to do that. And maybe we'll even be able to hire people. You know what I'm saying? As we keep growing, it, the show will get better. You'll, you will, won't be disappointed. You will enjoy being the early adopters of Tara Buster and the real liberal media. All right, guys, guys, guys. I got to go to bed. I got to get unconscious because we will meet here tomorrow again at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Same, same place, baby. Same old place. We're in this together. I guess I should take the call and sign down. Thank you all for hanging out. You can hear my voice is cracking because I'm losing it. So I need to go shut up <laughs> for a little bit. Thank you for hanging out. Oh, mamma mia. Another super chat from Mark C. Right under the wire. <clears throat> Thank you, guys. Really. Come back tomorrow at 6 o'clock, okay? So we'll have another show from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern right here at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And in the meantime, remember, my name is Tara Devlin. Thank you for all your support. Please become a patron at patreon.com slash Tara Devlin. Give the show a good review on iTunes. Share the show with your friends. 
And remember, we are the real patriots. We are on the right side of history. We are on the right side of democracy. We stick together. We win. And we will win. I will see you tomorrow night.